Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This episode, we have my friend Rich McKeegan as the guest in the barn. Rich is a brown belt and manager of Manchester BJJ under podcast alumni Rob Magow. Rich is the uh, founder of Black Belts for Butterflies. Rich is the man. Um, we had guest appearances on this one from Eddie Van Whitebelt, Riddler, Amanda, all kinds of good stuff, nicknames. Um, although we didn't get on tape the fact that Rich hates rainbow cookies, so um, there's definitely something wrong with him. Rich is the man. Make sure you check him out. Make sure you check out Black Belts for Butterflies, uh, www.bb the number 4bf.org, bb4bf.org. It's an amazing thing. So changed my life. Um, I hope to see you at an event, maybe in Dallas, Texas. Um, As always, this episode is brought to you by the world-famous Tortuga Soap Company. All the things you need to keep you looking and smelling good. Use the discount code PODCAST and get 20% off your order. Port City BJJ. Home of the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. Check us out in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, portcitybjj.com. Also, if you're looking to prevent injuries and stay on the mat healthy, check out bjjprehab.com. And if you're in the market for some handmade jewelry, make sure you check out beautytobeast.etsy.com. So we recorded this one um, in the barn the night before we did a Kenny Florian seminar at Port City BJJ. If you ever get the chance, make sure you train with Kenny. He's a really good guy, really great teacher, and he's a tough dude. He knows he knows jujitsu. Um, he also has a podcast, Anik and Florian podcast. Make sure you check that out. And uh, they gave a shout out to Port City BJJ on the last one, and we really appreciate that. So if you ever get a chance to hang out with Kenny Florian, make sure you do it. You'll definitely learn some good jujitsu. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope everybody's doing all right out there. Hope to see you at the next Black Belts for Butterflies in Dallas, Texas. Good training, everybody. Peace. Introduce the people there. Big Head Todd and the Monsters, our rock band formed in 1984 in Colorado. They had more than one hit song. It says Wikipedia. It says on Wikipedia, career. (laughs) Three songs. They went to Columbine High School together. One song. University of Colorado. One hit wonders. Wasn't that good. They drove around the van, dubbed the Colonel. I'm getting to the songs. Oh my God. Goodness. Broken nobody, hearted savior. Nobody cares. Broken hearted savior. I'm sure savior. they were very popular. Bittersweet. Bittersweet and bro- two songs. The only song that they know is everyone knows is bittersweet and it wasn't very good. You know what? Jerry Harrison, formerly the Talking Heads, produced the next album, Beautiful World. John Lee Hooker was recording another album in the same studio and played with the band on a version of his best known song, Boom Boom. This is why I don't join the podcast very often. Why is that? Introduce the podcast. Say hello, off. George, please. The, the podcast doesn't start until we say it starts. Actually, I edited it, so it has already started. So there you go. <laughs> so for a couple years, for years, this person and I have been talking about doing a podcast. 
This I've, he's put on more things that have made me cry, and I'm not a crier. That's bullshit. And maybe it is. Maybe it doesn't. Um, Rich Scarecrow <laughs> McKeegan <laughs> is in the barn. And he's here. He went on the legendary Georgie Law's legendary air conditioned tour of the New Hampshire seacoast. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, Rich, fantastic. That's did you uh good. did you make the trip in the salt and pepper truck? No, no. <laughs> we did we, we took that. It's a little tight for for Andrea and I and six foot tall Rich McKeegan. Whoa, six whoa, foot six, two. Six two. Don't short wow. me there. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody above five foot seven is the same to me. Scarecrow's got some length. <laughs> right. Did you find the river that rips a man in half? Did he show you? We that? did not go to that oh, part. Man, we didn't do out. the walking tour because it was too hot. It's a hundred yeah. degrees in New Hampshire right now. I, I don't think anyone's. I'm sorry to be a stickler for truth, but I don't think anyone's actually been ripped in half by no. a river. It rips guards in half. It's the river that rips guards in half. Are you being metaphorical? I All of those. I'm sorry, so long, a big word. I mean, so are you? Are you? Okay, Rich. This. Let me tell you the story about the Piscataqua River in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I believe it's one of the most. Vo- it's a, it's a very it's a it's a heavy of duty course. heavy current, right? One of the most like swift currents in the world, and. It is known people have died in the river for sure. Mm-hmm. It definitely is really like swift and it's it's hard to navigate with a boat, etc. Amanda once said to Jared from BJJ United <laughs> when we, he was one of the original walking tour he of was Portsmouth. The original maybe. Um, yeah. Amanda was like Jared Weiner. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda was like um she told him that this, this I've heard, I heard that this river, the current is so strong it'll rip somebody in two. <laughs> <laughs> I said it would rip someone in half. Rip someone in half. <laughs> and so it's been it, a big thing ever. That's since. the thing ever mm-hmm. since. Um, but we decided, I think, on that day that it just rips guards in two. It'll rip the guards <laughs> right in half. Andrea likes that one. What? Do you know about the Piscataqua River? You don't want to go swimming in it. I thought I have swam in it, but um, and your guard's still Andrew intact. Andrew's swam in it's cause it because you're a black belt. That's right. It, you know, well, this was. I mean, it was I before was I did jujitsu. What? Just this past weekend when Andrea oh, was swimming in yeah, the river. Yeah, she wasn't in the, but she was close to it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, I took Rich. Rich, my man. Rich is up visiting to go to a seminar tomorrow. We're putting on Kenny Florian. We're super stoked. Mm-hmm. It's 100 degrees, though. We had an AC problem yes, that we yeah. have remedied, I think. Um, Rich came, and we drove. Um, I took him down through Rye, um, almost like into Northampton, and then uh, through Newcastle. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Downtown Portsmouth. Yeah, Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Actually, you know, when we were coming here, yeah, one of my favorite things was we... You said it's like you're going to love the little town, and there's a toy shop. I was just like, right in Portsmouth, you just don't see those. Yeah. Exeter, no. Exeter, New Hampshire. Oh yeah. I was just like, I was. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? 
I wanted to stop Cute there. <laughs> yeah. So if you're ever watching Exeter, New Hampshire is on the news a lot when there's a election, which I mean, we got one coming up. So all the people will come through Exeter for whatever reason. It's a big. So stay out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they all come through to do their thing. Um, so for our listeners, my friend Rich, if you don't know him, um, he is. Are you the manager of? Manchester the, BJJ? The manager. Yep. Yeah. Run the academy, the day-to-day business. Um, Rob Magal, my coach, Professor Black Belt. Uh, he's the owner. He's been running. It's the, I think the, he's had the Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Connecticut. I think it's the longest well, in Connecticut. We love Rob. We've so, done a podcast with him before. Huge, huge props yeah. to him for, you know, for uh, bringing jiu-jitsu in Connecticut, staying with it, and to building Manchester BJJ to what it is. And now, not only Manchester BJJ, but Hebron BJJ, you know, under the whole umbrella of Bushido, which yeah. is awesome. You know, he's built an incredible academy. Definitely. It's a beautiful gym. Um, oh, we're spoiled. Yeah. We're so spoiled. The springy floor. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I have great memories at space. that academy. Yeah. Yeah. The big ass fan. Yeah. Big ass fan. It's like a helicopter. Yeah. Amanda, tell us about your memory. Well, let's see. I think it was three years ago. I got the longest recorded match for the um, New England Submission Only Challenge, which was one hour, 46 minutes, and 46 seconds. That's total bullshit. (coughs) That's true. True. I was there. The other match, her other match was 40 something minutes. I'd like to see someone I, try I to left count. You know, back. has anybody <laughs> ever really called you out on why didn't you just sub the opponent and get I it tried. done? I, you should, I just tough. got it. It was so either easy. it was going to be a murder. <laughs> I mean, when you when someone does not submit to a choke, like you could really kill the person. So I took it to where I thought it was like, okay, this is like dangerous, and so I would let I let go of a really beautiful head and arm choke where she was purple. I, I just wasn't gonna I go. Go that one, but whatever. I just wasn't gonna. Do I think it. you did the right thing. I yeah. do. I do. I truly feel like I did the right thing. Because you still won anyway. I did with the knee bar, gold with the knee bar. Mm. Yep. Andrews were like, "Remember, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I was coaching. I was exhausted <laughs> coaching this thing." And it was like, she's like, Andrew's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I was like, dude, hold on a second. It, you know, at, at like 40 minutes in probably, I was like, we'll be ready to go in a minute. I was in another the hour shape. later. I, w- I was wrestling on the other night. side and it was just like every, like every few matches that like, they're still over there rolling. Yeah. Oh, right. shit. It was a battle. It was That's a war. Ridiculous. It was a Crazy. war of all wars. It was. My face was all scabbed. My whole chin, each side was scabs. The next day, my hair, I, we had to cut out my hair elastics. They were like, I could not get my hair out of the bun. It was a huge knot. My hair was a big, massive knot, and we had to get scissors to cut out the, I put two hair elastics in, it's and we had to cut George them out. good thing that George has experience with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's true. It was crazy. Expert level. That was before his black belt, too. Yep. And now you don't even use hair bands. You just <laughs> use your black belt. Right? <laughs> I do. It's true. Because you have a big head. I was a blue belt. <laughs> Listen, most of my jujitsu game is based around my the size of my head. <laughs> Either as a battering ram or as a um, counterbalance, you know? Like, I will balance. I do use it for balance. 
Um, the average person's head weighs 12. No, eight pounds. <laughs> George <laughs> weighs 12. <laughs> he uses as a counterweight. Yeah. You know? It's a big, beautiful <laughs> head, though. You know, I think it's beautiful. I don't. I've rolled with you. Did I smash <laughs> it oh, in God, your chin? Yeah. <laughs> it's like north south with this like lead ball in my stomach. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, this? yeah. Without a doubt. Um, so a few things that are important that our listeners should know. Number one, Rich does not like Van Halen. Yes. Or Chris Cornell. Can't stand him. I'm going to get hate mail for this. Now. I hope you deserve it. You fully deserve it for this. Especially, especially after the last few years. How can you hate Chris Cornell? It's like easy. It's like, I don't like his music. I don't like his voice. Oh, man. People are going to be bitter. Yep. I'm not coming to Black Belts for Butterflies. No, that won't happen. What about the Flaming Dice tattoo? The Van Halen thing? Oh. I don't associate Chris Cornell with Flaming Dice. Van Halen, maybe. I don't maybe. even think I know who they are. Van well, no, Spandex is Van Halen. Right. But I feel Flaming like, dice? I feel like no. dice hanging from the... Motley Crue. Yeah. 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 Um, but he likes In Excess. So, you know, that's one. That's a one star. You get one. You get okayed for that. Uh, Not only, so we mentioned the manager at... Um, oh, yeah. In Manchester, but also, you're the founder of Black Belt for Butterflies, right? Yes. Black Belts for Butterflies. Mm-hmm. Six years strong now. That's awesome. Yeah. Good um, things going on with that. If you oh, don't know about it, you definitely need to check it out. It's my favorite. My it's favorite thing. Um, let's start. So we'll talk about that for sure. But let's talk about the beginning. Rich, where did you come from? Rich, where did you come from? Where did I come from? Where were yeah. you born? Like, Let's see. You from, from Connecticut? No, not at all. Where? No, my my dad was in the Navy, so I'm a Navy brat. Mm-hmm. So I was born overseas. Wow. Yeah. Whole fam- my mom's whole family still lives over in Scotland. Wow. So no way. Yeah. I was born over there. And then came to the States. And it's like after spending a lot of years over in Europe, I uh, came to the States up and down the East Coast, Virginia. Connecticut is where we ended up. Uh, went to high school here, and then pretty much after high school, stayed for a little bit, and then I got the traveling bug. Moved to Rhode Island, then Jackson, Mississippi. Why did you move to Jackson, Mississippi? Work. I worked yeah. in the restaurant industry. It's very nomadic. There's no restaurants anywhere else. Well, Jack- Jackson is a is a destination. It was one of those things where they sat there and they're like, we need someone to go down to help at this one store, uh, this company I was working for, this restaurant company. I was living in Providence at the time. And I'm like, I'll do it. And everyone's looking at me like, why would you do that? I'm like, you ever been at Jackson? They're like, no. I'm like, why not? What what a great opportunity. It's like, they're going to pay for me to, you know, live down there for a few months. I'll talk. Yeah, I'll jump on that. Very cool. How'd you like it? I I actually really liked it. So... I stayed with the restaurant, I think, for maybe six months, and then I quit. Wow. But I lived down there for a little over two years. Let me tell you about the realities of, of Rich and living in Jackson. Because earlier he told me that you would have to wake up in the morning, you would go out to the car with a wet thing, because the washcloth. car handle, wet washcloth, because no it would burn way. your hand, you would... Turn the car on in the AC. Then you would go inside and take a shower because you sweat so much. Wow, that that's pretty warm. 
Yeah. Oh, it was, and that's it. It's yeah, it was like, great. It was like ninety degrees at eleven o'clock at night. Wow. But no, it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun things down in Jackson. It's like there's and you're so close to New Orleans. You're close to you know, Memphis, so it's like you can travel a lot. So. So I'm a refugee from the restaurant industry. Did you cook, or were you serving, or fronting? I started as a busboy. No, dishwashing at a pizza restaurant in high school. Right, this is in Mississippi. Boy. No, this is oh, okay, whole right. twenty years. Right, twenty years in the the restaurant industry, and it's like then went to busing, waiting tables, bartending a lot for a number of years. You finally made some money. I made a lot of money. Yeah. That's why I didn't go to college. It's like I was, bartending, I was having too much set. fun bartending. Yeah, and um, got done with that. Then I started managing places, and then it was managing kitchens, cooking. Um, That's the thing. So once you started cooking, you could kind of go anywhere you wanted. Yes. Yeah. Did you cook in Mississippi? No, no. Actually, one of the funniest things. I sat there and uh, I got hired for a job as a waiter. So I go in my first night. My buddy got me a job there. So I go in. They're like, "Oh, you're the new guy." I'm like, yeah. So they're like, all right, come with me. They bring me to the front. And it's like an open kitchen. And I'm there for, for, to wait tables. And it was like my first night training and stuff. And they passed me off to a cook. And then it's like, all right, here, do this, do this, do this. And it's all this prep work. I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah, no problem. So I just start banging everything out. I'm like, I'm, I'm all done. Now, I'm like thinking to myself, why, why am I doing prep work? Right. And then the owner, the, the owner and the manager of the restaurant, they're like, why is he doing prep work? He's a waiter. And everyone's like, how's a waiter know how to do prep work? Right. Yeah. We're all, it's a, but my buddy who had uh, got me a job there, it's like he was the kitchen manager of the restaurant that we had both just left. So it's like we did everything. So it's like, so went back to waiting tables and I started running places again, managing, and then I wanted to get out. So I went back to college and I went back to bartending when I was 28. What'd you go for school for? To school for? Substance abuse counseling. <laughs> That's a college thing. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go cook some of you. Uh, notice who showed up <clears throat> out of nowhere. Our friend Eddie Van Whitebell. This is his first time on the uh, on the uh, on the show, right? Oh, welcome. First time. First timer. First time caller. <laughs> Two first timers. Long time listener. We need to get him on mic. He doesn't have one yet. He's, oh, hello. Oh, there he's going. <laughs> he surprised me. <laughs> it was hiding. EVB has some good Eddie, technique. Eddie Van Whitebelt <laughs> is a professional. Eddie Van Whitebelt is my guitar teacher. Um, he he comes in and teaches me guitar on Sundays mm-hmm. for an hour every. Uh, you're, just, you're just a Renaissance man. I'm trying to be. I mean, I'm a beginner, dude. My guitar technique is is far from, uh, but we're working on it. We're working on this. Um, trying to think, what's my next my my next adventure besides jujitsu? I want to get back into golf. Yeah, I definitely want to start playing golf again. I nice. dusted my clubs out this year. So this is what I've this. I mean, this is a whole nother thing. But like trying to do something that you suck at. After you, so if you just like train jujitsu all the time, which I do, I still feel like I suck, but I like at least know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. So like when you go learn something where you totally really do suck, and you're like trying, you're like trying to do your fingers, and your fingers don't do what you, you know. It makes you really like um, have have uh, 
empathy or whatever for for white belts no you know for no, new no i do man because no, i'm like no i go through no the same for, white belts. for the same struggles <laughs> you're such a cold human rich this is the real rich you know People see him on TV doing these commercials, you know, and and they're he's so nice. He's so nice. This is the real. We're getting the real behind the scenes. Yes, behind the music with Rich McKeegan, the real thing. The scarecrow that has no empathy yeah. for white belts. He he does. You know what? He doesn't. And I learned a lot about him no, too. I, I love our white belts. <laughs> I, I love it. It's because I'm one of the the fundamental instructors at our academy as well. So there's four of us that teach just the fundamentals classes. Nice. I teach all the, the day classes, but then Monday nights I teach the fundamentals class and it's just white belts. I love it. It's and is like, that your full-time job? That's it. Nice. Yes. That's great. So been doing this for almost three years. Wow. So Rob hired me on to, to run the academy, teach all the day classes. I fill in at night whenever they need me. It's just, it's awesome. I, I couldn't ask for, it's, it's like I retired. I'm happy. For that one school? And yep. You, oh, yeah. I was over at the other academy for the mm-hmm. first year. Nice. I was helping Rob, and we were getting that program up and running. Very cool. But now it's up and running, and we have a few other guys who go over there and teach, and they're part owners in that academy, so I'm good. Great. So now I'm just full-time at Manchester. Nice. Eddie Van White Belt, what is... This is your This is your opportunity to tell us as instructors... Like, what should, give me some feedback. You know what I mean? You get some feedback on like, yes, let's hear it. Uh, from, from a white belt, from a white belt. And wait, wait, from, wait, wait. We're going to let the white belt on. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You want feedback? Totally. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm joking. <laughs> this is Port City Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. We actually care about our students, Rich. <laughs> we want them to grow and get better. I'll speak from a frame of reference that I have some authority on. But in learning music, uh, you learn to learn and you learn to practice. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get good at something in music, you have to do it many, many, many rep- repetitions. And if you try and do it quickly and you practice it quickly poorly you learn how to do it quickly poorly mm-hmm. and uh, when i was teaching music i was always harping on people to slow down just do it slow and do it deliberate and do it proper no matter how slow and how many times you have to do it before you get it right wow. and uh i try and do the same thing when i'm practicing when i'm drilling just go as slow as i need to to do it right and take my time getting things in the right place and i think that's a uh, an aspect of music that I think could apply to mm. practicing jujitsu and, and learning. Slow is smooth. I, 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 Slow I could probably hear about like fast. ten different instructors I've either trained with or read about, and it's like have all snowballed that one comment out of their mouths at one point in time, being deliberate or mm. the, uh, maybe not so eloquently from you know. Kurt Osiander, <laughs> shitty, oh. shitty, and shitty fast is still shitty and fast. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know? So that brings up a thing though that I've thought about a lot because I can sit down at my house tonight and play guitar for like three hours and practice. It's hard, you know. It's not as easy to practice jujitsu when you're home by yourself. Um, uh, you know what? Yes and no. Like a three-hour drive up here, 
and I'd pro- I I would say probably one of those hours I spent thinking about a sweep mm-hmm. for a, an hour wow. because I couldn't figure out the sweep. I think I came to like I finally hit like all right now I I I understand it I got it, and I'm sure after the next two hours it's gone. But I had that epiphany in the car, mm-hmm. so it's like as long as you're thinking about it, I think you're still yeah you're still working. I mean physically, no five hours is like you know kicking the crap out of each other you're done you're tired yeah you know you don't have that pressure of playing guitar and someone like choking the shit out of you yeah it's hard it's so it's hard like but i and i too like what you said you also can't like new people in jujitsu i feel like i see some new people come in and it's like they try to do too much too fast and you can't, you gotta, it's like, dude, just slow down, you know, in a different, in, in, in like, you're not going to get it all at once here. This is not like you're going to, you're not going to be playing a song after the first week here. But that's where I think Eddie isn't the abnormality here because of the fact that it's like, you know how to, you're right. an instructor. He's teaching me how to teach yeah. actually. So, so he doesn't, he may not know it, but like when he teaches me guitar lessons, I'm like, how I'm like put learning that onto the map. Yeah, dude, and it's crazy how how music translates into jujitsu. It's like mind blowing. So like he's teaching me guitar, but he's also teaching me how to teach people. Because music, dude, they have this thing like guitar. People, I don't know how long have been people playing guitar for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. So they've like or they more. they got this method, you know. That's like here's the method, you know, or whatever. And everybody's a little different, probably, but like this is this is how you learn how to do this thing. I don't necessarily feel like that's it's like that in jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, really. Um, no, because it's everyone's style is so different. Yeah. And it's in a way, it's very young. Um, I mean... Yeah, it's technically like 100 years old, right? You know, depending on how you look at it, yeah. I mean, from, from Ilio Gracie or whatever, yeah. it came from other things, but... Even those other things, judo though, I mean, does have like a way you teach it. I think, mm-hmm. but anyway, so I'm learning. I'm learning how to teach better. I think through learning how to do something else. So that's the main thing. Well, just in that one statement, you can hear you're already way ahead of so many other people that are doing jujitsu, yeah. just starting out yeah. because you already understand like the concept of learning and how to do things slowly. And it's like because you've probably spent so much time with other people trying to teach them you're like all right i'm actually gonna transcend this and work into jujitsu where other people are just 100 miles an hour and going 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 and it's like i'm gonna hit that arm bar and it's like that's not even close yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's it's not even close i think too like uh so i think i think now in my life i've decided like when you get good at something, you should try something that you suck at again. Like keep trying new things because the more new things makes you a better person. Like makes you more like if you are not sucking bad at something, um, it's not good for your ego or, you know, we say if you're not sucking bad at something, well, yeah, you, you got to suck at something. You need to be way. doing something you suck at. Yeah. Like, and, the, and so I, but it's crazy because I will go through these things, right? Of try, I'm like at home practicing this guitar stuff and uh, my fingers won't do. And I'm like, 
looking at my fingers and I'm like, I'll be thinking to myself, I'm never going to get good at this. I'm never. And I say, and then I go to class and I teach like a fundamentals class and these people will come up to me and they'll be like, I don't think I'm getting better at this. And I'm like, that's funny because I was just thinking the same thing about <laughs> guitar playing. And like, I'm like, dude, you are getting better. You know, oh, there, there's, it, we were talking about promotions earlier. And it's like, you know, different belts that you get promoted to and how you feel. And um, it's like, you know, when you get your blue belt, it's like when you get your purple belt, this is how I felt. And when I get my brown belt, this is how I felt. In the last, like, three years where I've spent an enormous amount of time and effort into certain students and watching them come up and get their next belt, that has been so awesome. That has been probably a better feeling watching, like, seven or eight guys get promoted to their blue belts. And it's happened now, I think I've gone through three rounds of blue belts where I've worked a ton with them. And to see them get promoted has been so awesome. That makes me feel so, it's like, I was a part of watching them in a year, year and a half, go from that frustration and like, I can't do this. I can't do an arm bar. I can't do, and it's like, and all of a sudden they're hitting, you know, Gogo Platas and all this other stuff. And You're like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Slow down. But it's, it, that was more rewarding to me than any belt I've gotten so far for myself. Those people went from zero. It's, like nothing. And. To now they know what's up. And me and, me and Rob, uh, the owner of my school, we were talking about, besides the belt, the person. It's like to see the change in the person from when they walk in the door and then, and it's not just like that six month period of change. We're talking like the two, the three year change where you see that person ebb and flow, go through life and they're, whatever they're dealing with outside, how they deal with it inside and the person that they become. How have you changed? Oh God, immensely. Over the, uh, since I started doing jujitsu altogether, huge. It's, there's so many life changes that I've done. You know, it's like I got married. You know, I met the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. That's awesome. Uh, now I have two children. It's like, you know, having a little girl versus having a, a boy, completely different. So it's like everything just keeps evolving and changing. And I know you have to sit back and like, all right, where am I today? It's like kind of take a self inventory and be like, all right, like this, like this. Ah, oh, that's kind of douchey. Let's, how do we fix that? Mm-hmm. And, um, I can't imagine like the person I was 11 years ago and then the person I am today because there's been so many different things that have affected me and my life and me as a person, uh, good and bad. Yeah. As, but I would say it's all been intertwined with jujitsu, which has been the coolest thing. You know, when I have my son, the biggest thing, it's like being able to go to class and be like, he cries for three hours straight from like four o'clock, five o'clock until eight. And they're like, what do you do? Gripe water, this, that. No, just hold them like a football. And it was like being able to go to all my friends who already had kids and ask for help. But they're all, that's your extended families, that jujitsu family. Now all of a sudden it's like you bring a child into the world and now they're a part of that and you're part of this cool, I'm a dad club, which is awesome, you know. So I, those three things are probably the biggest, like, I would say life experiences is starting jujitsu, getting married, and having kids, and not in any sort of number. <laughs> We're not judging. 
how you ordered those things, Rich. Or maybe we are. Why did you start doing jujitsu in the first place? Do you remember? Yeah, uh, I went out to Vegas, and it was it was funny. I was bartending, and I went out to Vegas with my buddy, and it was supposed to be a bachelor party. I didn't even know the bachelor. The bachelor never even made it on the plane. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He had an anxiety attack. Oh. Wouldn't get on the plane, Whoa. so he never even he never even got on. So it was four of us that went out. And the reason, the other reason I want to go, I've never been to Vegas. I also wanted to see the UFC fight, and it was Chuck Liddell versus Rampage Jackson. Cool. So we went out to Vegas, and when we got back, my buddy Russ was like, I'm going to do jujitsu. I was like, Yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. And he started doing jujitsu. And then we'd sit there and close the bar at 2 a.m., and he started doing all these moves on me linoleum floor 2 a.m 3 a.m <laughs> and after like two or three months of just getting beat up by him i was just like all right i'm gonna jump in and that was it wow there's no like life like huge thing it was like i got tired of getting beat up on the linoleum floor at 3 a.m by my buddy russ wow. <laughs> you living in connecticut t- yep trouble kitchen in hartford no no oh. he's he he trained for a while and then just life yeah. you know it's like so many people start and totally don't you know don't continue. I mean, it's like Rob was talking to. I overheard him talking. It's like he's had six thousand people walk through his doors, and he's got six black belts. Yeah, you know that that says a lot that for does. durability, commitment, and are you willing to continue? It's like because there are so many ups and downs and life changes. It's like how do you how do you stick with it? That's pretty amazing. One one thousandth, right? Right. And it's less like, than one. You know, I, I it's uh, every once in a while I sit there. Oh, what about that guy? Oh, he didn't make. It. Oh, what about that guy? What about that guy? Remember him? And then, like, yep, they dropped off. They dropped mm-hmm. off for a million different reasons. You know? Yeah, and it's sure. it's not a knock to right. anyone because it's like it's not the only uh, thing in the world. Life is it's nuts. You know, it's like I, I think I'm fortunate enough to sit there and say all right you know i can continue to keep going yeah <laughs> it's like there's always going to be things that get in the way it's like all right you know there's been breaks there's been injuries yeah. but it's like can you come back to it it's like do you have the time there's always going to be but i guess you have to find um the time the motivation the, yeah. the absolute love to you know to continue to do it yeah i think that's that's what you have to really do you, because anything you don't love, it's like you can easily, I think, put away. Definitely. Especially when it's as hard. And there's a lot of suffering God, yeah. in jujitsu over the time, you know, over, over a 10 year period, you will suffer a lot. It's, it's funny. It's like, though, I, I'll, I'll put the question to everyone. When was the first time you thought about quitting? Oh, dude, I'm sure in the very beginning. I'm, I mean, I'm sure. I but thought, d- But d- honestly, did you, though? Did I think about quitting? Did you ever sit there and go, you know what, I'm just going to hang this up? I mean, someone, so, someone posed that question to me. I could not think of like, yeah, I, I, there was a day when I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. I think once I started, it was like, it was never, it was, it was just, that's. So when I was young and I did judo, as I did judo as like a teenager, 
I would train for a couple months and then I would stop for six months. Then I would come back. I was that guy. Like they would come in and out and in and out and in and out for years. Once I started doing jujitsu, I have never, I have not taken a break in, in the whatever many nine years that I mean, not one. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I can't think of a, you know, maybe a week off for an injury or something, but I don't even think I've done that. Like I've, but I don't know. I probably, I probably, th I, I did the, you know, Kurt Osiander throw my gi in the garbage a few times for <laughs> really? sure. Yeah, dude. I've, Luckily, I've he has like, a very supportive wife <laughs> who always brings him I back. Know, I know the frustration gets there. But it was never the jujitsu though. It was the other stuff. Mm. It was out. It was like, like other drama -y stuff, you know, it was never because like I got beat up or anything, you know, I've always been fine with that part, I think. But it was like other stuff, like drama, jujitsu drama or something, you know, where I'd be like, I'm fucking done with this shit. I, I, I for me, I remember yeah. my the first time, and pretty much one of the only times ever where I was like, I, I was, I'll tell you the story. So I was, um, I had three stripes on my white belt, and it, promotions were up, and I was one of the only student who didn't get their fourth stripe. Mm. And I was crushed. I had no idea that people got skipped over in promotions. Not necessarily, who knows what the circumstance was. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't my time or I was doing good, you know, training. I was winning, you know, competitions. I was doing a great job. But um, for whatever reason, that one day I didn't get a stripe when everyone else did. And I was devastated, just crushed. I, my hair fell out. I mentally, when I came into wow. the gym, I had to mentally uh, crawl, army crawl in. Mentally, I was army crawling in because I was so hurt that, you know, my the person that I was trying to show, like, see, look, I am so great. I am worthy to be here. Like, see how awesome I am. And then I, you know, for whatever reason, it just, and any reason, there's a gazillion different reasons why you don't get a stripe. It could be, anything like where i want to wait till so and so is here to see you you know be who knows what it is they forgot they right. could have forgot it's happened. It happened all or yeah which i think which i didn't really the striping is always interesting because it's like you don't ask for a stripe no you don't ask for promotions no why didn't i get one mm -hmm. <laughs> is he testing me luckily it has is he gonna see if i walk out is he gonna see if i pack it in and just be like screw this i'm not doing it they don't appreciate me and it's such a mind game. Yeah. And it's like, because I know, I know for a fact <laughs> that that's part of it. Yeah. It's like, you know, especially when you get up in the ranks, it's like, it's even, are you there for the belt? Are you there for the stripes? Yeah. You got to be tough. And it's you like, you can't be a friggin' wussy to be in there. That is for sure. I, I, but luckily George told me like, look, it's just not going to happen every second. You don't know why you don't know that, you know, he, he talked, he was the, reason why i stayed because i did not know all that stuff you know yeah. you don't know that until you're going you know either until you experience it or someone tells you or you overhear you know you don't know when you're starting out you think you know do 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 just going in going to train like you don't know how the system works i've been there nobody the, the trip the thing that nobody tells you is nobody knows how the system works <laughs> it's, it's, it's prison rules it, dude yeah, it's a it's all it's, it's a thing that there's there's magic but the blessing is because i had <laughs> my own experience 
I, did you did you get the magic book and you got your black belt? As, you're gonna have to did talk they, to my consigliere Joey Carter about uh, that. I don't know if I can speak about this on the air. You, okay. But because I went through my own experience, like I know how I want to treat my students. Mm. So you know, it, it's interesting because it, it, you do see how other running the academy and watching how Rob runs it and oversees it and some of and it, it, the one thing he's always great at and um something he'll do maybe I don't agree with it and then he's like or he'll say something which is like totally like catches me off guard and he's like I have a plan and I'm like ah, I don't get it and then three months go by four months six months go by and it's like the whole yeah, you did. Nah. You knew it. You had a plan. It played out. Or it's like he foresees it. Mm-hmm. And it just comes to fruition the way that he knew it. And you just sit there and you go, wow, that's pretty impressive. Because <laughs> he's been around. Yeah. Exactly. He's seen it. He he's seen people. He's yeah. been around, seen the jiu-jitsu community and stuff. So yeah. um, sometimes he'll just say something. It's just kind of like, just don't ask. Just kind of go, all right. Because in I, this is what I can tell you as 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 a person in the room who has gotten the black belt, it all comes out in the end. Like and eventually, guess what? This is the only belt I'm ever going to have from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. Pro- I don't think I will be alive long enough to get the next one. I don't know when it comes, but so all that worrying and whatever else, which I really. Maybe at white belt I went through, but after that I have never. I have, for whatever reason I just have not cared about it since then. I really have not cared. Purple belt, like I was like I've said it a million times. I was very happy to be a purple belt, and if I was still a purple belt, I think I would be okay. Like yeah. I didn't really care. I was like, man, purple belt means something that's important. Like that was my favorite belt. Yeah, this is a good. This is favorite. a real belt. Like. Purple belts are badasses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Purple belts are badasses. I thought, I don't need any other ones. That's good enough. You get a brown belt, and then pressure. it's like... there. Yeah, right? So pressure. maybe it's chickening out a little bit, and you don't want the pressure, too. It, but but it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird pressure. Yeah. Because I always had this, like, when I walk on the mat, be at a new school, I'm like, okay, <laughs> white belts, blue belts, hey, that's nice stuff. Oh purple belt oh there we go yeah oh brown belt <laughs> Oof. right because they're tiptoeing on that line of black belt yeah. and black belt was like ah you know you hold them up in this different light so that brown belt it's like getting that put on that's like shit now i gotta get I, you're I gotta supposed to good. know what's up you're supposed to know things right maybe you tell yourself that i say whatever you know what you know I make you up a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, how do you do this? That's well, this way. way. All of a sudden, yeah. someone comes in and is like, who showed you that, yeah. Rich? I'm like, no, No, man. I never showed him that. <laughs> that white belt's lying. <laughs> That's just poor technique on their part. They saw it on YouTube. So in the end, I don't think it matters much if you spent two years at this, whatever. You're going to get a black. If you keep training, you're going to get a black belt, and you're going to be a black belt for the till you're dead. It's it's if you stick it out. If you stick it out, you it's know, inevitable. yeah. If you just keep training, that's really the thing. Like, and if you keep training, you you're gonna get good. You're gonna, yeah. You know, right? it just it, it's gotta. You want to know what's crazy? So, um, 
maybe we'll just say a year ago, I was always definitely as a blue belt, like my technique versus man strength, my like jujitsu technique could beat or be equal to a man 180 pounds and under. Now I'm a purple belt. It's 200 pounds. There's science I can in wrestle there. with a 200 pound man and have success. Can you believe it? 20 pounds. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm 155. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I, I really Is thought it, my whole life, I'm like, I'm only going to be able to like beat a 180 pound man. No, no. I, it's, I'm putting my, my friend Robert DeFranco's rule in effect, oh. the 100 pound rule. What, what is, is that? that? Tell me. He yeah. doesn't roll with anyone over a hundred pounds. A <laughs> hundred pounds than bigger him? than him. A hundred yeah. pounds bigger than he's him. He's smart. Yeah. He's no, smart. He's old. He is. Old he's man. old. Oh man, it's like, what, it's masters scary. eight. <laughs> Do they even have a, a category for people that old? Yeah, I think the AARP does. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's yeah, the best. He is. I he love is. his. I love his whole. I've never met his. Wife, but I yeah, love his kids. His his wife's. She's sweet. No, you did meet his son. Remember? No, I, so I met his sons. I love him, but yeah. I've never met his wife yet. He's huge part of Black Belts for Butterflies. Mm-hmm. Um, his his school is going to be the academy they train at Octagon MMA. They're going to be the ones that are hosting the next Black Belts for Butterflies. Very cool. Uh, November 9th and tenth. So I really hope to be that. at that. Um, don't tell me Nevada, right? No. no? Dallas. 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 Okay, I was. Yeah, close. we did Dallas in November, so. We wouldn't be dealing with the heat. Yeah. And it's like, hopefully it'll be somewhat mild. I'm still expecting like 80s. Yeah. Oh. But the Octagon MMA? Oh. It's first class, oh. right? They have like, you know, a guy that gives you a towel when you go to the bathroom. Wow. That's how nice this place is. <laughs> it is. Yep. They even have their names on the towels. Really? I can't wait. I That's swear to good. God. I can't wait. I need one of those to Air have. conditioning. It's like, it's, it's a really, really nice academy. I so. actually don't do that well with when it's cold though, AC wise. Like it's comfortable. I need. There, I, need I think you to, do need AC. Oh though. no, for sure, because yeah. I would die probably in the in the really hot weather. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sensitive for sure. But I found 80 to 85, I believe, is optimal. That's um, yeah, that's a good training time. temperature for me. I like a nice nice breeze from our big ass fan. Right? Yeah. I've never had any problems at your academy. Yeah. It's always it's perfect. It's it's yeah, we, we it gets hot. I mean, but I I think that's a good. I don't like training cold. No, I hate bad training for cold. You. Yeah. It's like in the winter time. Oh my god. Coming in and it's like get the heat on, feet are freezing. Our last room that Port Seed used to be in, my toes would be white. Mm. It would be so freezing cold in the winter time. This two years, true. two winters. It was brutal. You had to be hard to train in the more. So we used so for a while we had the academy. You were actually you've been in the racquetball yep. court. So that that we were in that racquetball court and it was great. But it was directly on cement underneath it. Yeah. So <laughs> in the win- and there was it's no brutal. heat in there really. So in the winter. Dude, and you That's come cold. in to do morning class, it was For your reason. your toes really would like lose feeling in them. It was so bad. <laughs> they were like white it was tough. Every, like, it was tough. Three or four mornings a week. I, I went up to Rhode Island, this one place, uh Battleground MMA. Huh. And it was a few of us that went up and one of our black belts, he uh he taught a class up there. 
it was so so cold really? and it was like our 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 toes were blue and purple Ugh. and i was like i, I don't want to train i don't no. want to roll it's, it's this awful. is just miserable i don't know yeah. how we did it i mean it, it was, was that was one day i was right. good. I'm, I'm like was, i'm good it was horrible and we didn't skip we didn't skip any days in the morning we were dedicated even though it was that cold you could see your breath yeah no i'm good it's true. You could. <laughs> now, but this is also a thing. I just, so I don't even know why it's this way, but like the gym. So we're in this gym right now, same gym, but in a different room that is really great and beautiful. And we're very, very lucky. And we're, you know, but the gym itself is undergoing renovations and transition and whatever. So they don't have AC in. And so it's 100 degrees this weekend. So they closed. Because they don't want anybody to get a little too warm. And I was like, whoa, like we can't close. Like, so they'll close in the snow and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, because our people will come and train. Like, we can't really close. They're animals. Uh, yeah, they just want to train. People that train jujitsu want to train all the time. Yeah. And people that go to the, I mean, this isn't everybody. This isn't a, I mean, this, I'm saying everybody, but a majority. Yeah. Like, I get to see people that go to the gym all the time and they're always like, oh, you know, got to go do this and got to go do my leg workout or, and they're bummed out about it. Jiu-jitsu people aren't like that. They're like, I can't wait to train. I want to train. Like we would train and, you know, if you, would you know Jay Mansfield, dude, when you go with Jay somewhere, I've traveled all over the world with Jay. And somebody was recently talking about they're going oh they're going to Masters Worlds uh, and and they're like so what I was like bro you're gonna be training with Jay at two o'clock in the morning at some point somewhere you know that's just he just has an itch to train and that's yeah it? you're just gonna be wrestling I've wrestled oh, with Jay right. I've wrestled with Jay you know in in everywhere on putting greens in in for Pan Ams you know what I mean on oh yeah. In the pool, we're wrestling in the pool. Like you know, people are almost drowning. What am I? I saw him and um, Pell wrestle in the <clears throat> hotel room one yeah. time. It's just it was so. Funny. One of my favorite moments that I can think about jujitsu is um, I went out to Oklahoma for uh, Pete Wilhelm's wedding, and that's where I met Gina Franson. And yeah. oh my god, it's like so we were flying. We became great friends on so that cool. that weekend. Yeah, she's great. So on the the way back, we both went to the airport, and our flights were you know a half hour apart. All of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, what about this and this?" And this next thing you know, we're both shoes off, sitting there rolling around in between the chairs. People <laughs> like walking by awesome. with their suitcase, like, "What the hell are they doing?" And hey, the moment hits. It's yeah. like you gotta you gotta figure it out. Very yeah. Cool. So these people think I'm I'm like, I don't care about the AC. You know, we're training. There's, so I made him give me a key and we're in there building ACs and doing all these things and the cord of one of them melted yeah. and there was no way we weren't, you know, it was there there so these people are considered normal and they're like, What is wrong with you guys? Like I was like, dude, this is what we do. We're not though. Yeah. We're we're, we're we're really not. You know, well, I to think, think we're about, normal. To think about what we do. Yeah, on a daily basis, we're not, it's 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 we're different. Just passionate, right? <laughs> passionate, <laughs> passionate, passionate about what we do. So, Eddie, how long have you been training? Uh, less than a year. Less than a year. Nine months, three months, six months. Uh, let's see, about nine. A shoes off here, folks. 
a shoe is off for him to count. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> he was using his fingers. <laughs> All right. So, you, so you're coming up pretty quick on that, that blue belt. It's that carrot's out there for you. It doesn't feel quick, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Yeah. yeah. Well, this, I, I tell the white belts, this is, and I, I don't know if you guys can say the same thing. I say usually around the eight, nine, eight, nine, ten mark for months. There's a huge jump in white belts and things start clicking. The body starts moving and there's a huge jump in how they, they train, they roll. So I did, I explain that when they first start and I see it a lot of times. Oh, he's made it. I mean, he's come, it's a whole different human being. I think That's what awesome. I do resembles jujitsu now. You do. And it definitely didn't nine <laughs> months ago. <laughs> it's true. I'm still waiting it's for true. that moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you want to know what I just dawned on me for whatever reason? It's to- somewhat off topic, but it have, involves Robert DeFranco. Uh-oh. And uh, and uh, when we were at the last Black Belts for Butterflies, and you were like, hey, do you guys want to come over and do uh, this, be on this commercial or whatever me and amanda and like ro- so we rolled and robert defranco was like he pretending narrates. he was narrating it <laughs> that and was like, so good did you hear him <laughs> it was so he was like pretending us to like coach us at the same time but none of us really talked about what we were gonna do with no. him so amanda and i were just like all right we'll just roll and sweep and you know he's he's like Dude, you guys, there was about 4,000 sweeps in there. I was <laughs> no, like, well, I'm trying to make up. it look cool. And then I listened to the thing, and it was hilarious. It was. I was that, I, I was so stoked about that, yeah. that, that piece, cool. the, the news piece they did. Um, it was interesting how it all came, because I didn't want the media involved for a long time. Uh, finally, it's like after meeting Jay Altman, from Fox 61, I was like, okay, you know what? He's done a lot of different things for the academy and for police officers, yeah. and he does a really good job. So I was like, all right, it's this is the guy that will do it. That's cool. Um, so I put a lot of trust in him, and it just it started just it snowballed. It was just like black belts for butterflies. The whole thing snowballed. They came in with like a small idea, and the more they heard about it, the more pictures they just kept. Hey, can we get more information? More pictures? More of this? More of that? Then they filmed on their day off. Um, wow. Then a typical news story is three, like two and a half, three minutes. Fox 61, it's like they saw what they did and how much they built it up and they just kept giving them line. And I think they topped it out at five and a half minutes, which is just, that's unheard of so in awesome. news. So it was, I was psyched you guys were a part of it because, <laughs> it, you know, it, they it, did a great there were so job. many people that were a part of that five and a half minutes mm-hmm. that were super important to, to be a part of Black Belts for Butterflies. Mm-hmm. They did a really, it was really well done. They really got the message across. I was so nervous. Of I, was, I was so nervous. Yeah. How's it going to come out? How's it going to look? And yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with it. Yeah, it was great. So I can really honestly say that like Black Belts for Butterflies changed my life. Like it really did. That is no, not even an exaggeration. Like I don't remember exactly how I heard about it at first, but when you go or when I went and then you, you go to the, the, the weekend and it's like, bam. You know, holy, I don't, a part of it is because I love jujitsu, right? 
part of it is because I'm a father. Part of it is because whatever. I don't even know. But it was like, you know, changed changed a lot of my thing. And I was like, I need to do more of this. I need to be a part of this thing because this is like, like you, I remember you and I were talking on the phone a couple years ago and you're like telling me the story and you said to me like, you know, the, the mask thing about like, I may not be the guy that touches a million lives, but I may be the guy that touches the guy that touches a million lives. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, holy crap. That, that, uh, that means the world to me, hearing that one line. That because it really is what Black Belt Butterflies is about because I don't know how many other people come to the event and walk away with that same feeling. And that's all I want. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I want them to come, enjoy, and feel, uh, I want them to be inspired to do something else. And it doesn't yeah. need to be what, I say at every event, you don't have to be inspired and support the same things I do. Find what you're passionate about, what impacts you in your life, and then go after that so many people just sit on the couch and they're like yeah. yep that's good yep i wish that was different do something then yep yeah so, the, on, the only way you really make a change is by inaction you have to do absolutely something. yeah and uh, sometimes i i think a lot of people just need to push yeah and that's it's like once they get that push and they get a fire in them they can do things yeah and i think a lot of people have i think and I'll never know how many people have taken away something that positive from black belts and butterflies, but, but I'm sure there are, you know, I, I sit there and think my, to myself, the people that have been a part of it in every aspect, attendees, instructors, uh, sponsors, whatever part, I know in my heart, they've taken something away from it, which I think is cool. Yeah. It's, it's a, I, I mean, so there, I've had, it's strange how all these things tie in together. So through many of the different travelings, I, because I met Brad Wolfson many years ago and, uh, and like Brad's like, oh, I travel around. And I was like, what, you can do that? Like yeah. you can travel around and do jujitsu? Like all, and he's like, yeah, that's what I do. And I was like, fuck, I want to do that, you know, too. And I started doing that. And then I, I go to the Black Belts for Butterflies and I'm like, wow, like, Maybe this isn't just about like f kicking people's asses, like we, you know, like we could actually like do something cool for the world. Like I could, me, you know, could like do something positive for the world. And now, like my little strands have like they all tied it like tie together in these things of like like James Foster, who's a original black belts for butterfly guy, I think. Yeah. Right, James Foster was he taught the first one. Brad was at the first one. Right. So it's the country. It's like the network is just, it's, it's closer. Yeah. It's more intimate, which James is amazing. James Foster, I, I, that was the first time I've ever met him. But I've talked to him on the internet through whatever. No, that was the second time I've met him. I met him once at Show Your Roll headquarters a couple of years ago oh, at Pan Am's. Yeah. And I told him the same thing. When, year, like five years ago, maybe more now, a kid at our academy was 21, had cancer. 21 years old kid had Jeez. got cancer. This actually might have been the... He ended up having it twice. Yeah. This might have been the second time or the first time. I can't exactly remember. Like, 
Bear did something like he mu- he must have said like posted something about like hey it's around Christmas I'm trying to like do something for somebody like and I sent him a message I was like hey dude you know whatever we got this kid like he's got cancer blah 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 you know and so Bear raffled off a gee for him and and raised a bunch of money mm-hmm. raffling off this gee for some kid he'd never met in, mm-hmm. in New Hampshire James Foster bought it you That's know amazing. was the high bid or whatever then james foster raffled the gee off again mm-hmm. yeah he, he's never met the, the i was like who is james guy, foster dude biggest heart yeah big biggest he's it, a big dude and it's show your role is it's funny because some guys are like oh you're such a snob that's the only gee you wear it's like yeah it is it's a great gee. It's a great company. It's, and Bear, is a, Bear is a good dude. I, I've met he a lot a of the guys dude. that work there, right. um, and they're phenomenal people. And yeah. it's like they don't just do things for jujitsu. They don't think do things where, how much money can I make? It's like they're making a great product, but they have done so much for the community. Yeah. They have done so much outside of the jujitsu community just for humanity. It's yeah. like, how can, why would you not be proud to wear a product of a company that does all of that. Yep. Plus, they're a huge sponsor for Black Pulse for Butterflies. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I've seen them do a lot of other things and heard of other things they've done that no one knows. Right. Yeah. They don't want credit for Black Pulse for Butterflies. It's like, I was, it's like, all right, just keep it on the, I'm like, right. no, I want to say thank you. I want to yeah. say thank you for being a huge part of this. And, and they're like, hey, keep it on the down low. I'm like, no. no. <laughs> all right. So I got to kind of sit there and wade in the middle of, not shouting it out, but still giving credit to an amazing company that helps. Yeah. There's a lot of amazing companies out there in the jujitsu community that totally. are sponsors for Black Belts and Butterflies. That, uh, you know, Oz Clothing is another one that they just give. Monkey Tape is a good one. Monkey Tape is a huge yeah. one. There's this one other one that changed my whole perspective. Major Tor- Jiu-Jitsu better. Tortuga Soap oh. Company. <laughs> that was actually the first time That's we met. And it was... Oh, is it at the... the this, it completely... That that moment changed my life. No. <laughs> it changed my life. Wow. So, was it at the tournament? Yes. And you had the stand That's set up. So yeah. Cool. So I'm like, oh, you know, I've heard about you. And it's like, I heard, you know what, I'm going to be... I, I want to support. Oh. Hey, so dude, I, I just get we... like... Hey, what shampoo are you using? The one that's in the shower. <laughs> I remember that. That's not that. shampoo. That's conditioner. Well, I've been washing myself with conditioner that's last so week. <laughs> so I bought I bought some soap. I bought some flip flops. Yes. Oh yeah. And um, right. and then I yeah. used it, and that was it. It's I have not one. bought another soap. It's crazy. I it's like I always that guy's like, why would you wear this like foo foo soap? It's oh. like. It is. You can't go back to the lavender mint. Yeah, is my good, huh? that is my favorite. Thank you. And that's all we use in our house. That's amazing. It's like Josie's the same way. The kids love it. We can't use it on Lucy yet because of the fact that it's like uh, the tearing of the eyes and yeah. all that. It's like it stings. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, any soap gets in her eyes. So right. we still got the the no tear stuff for yes. her. But for Jack loves it. Very it's cool. like it's that's a, that's a staple in our house. Oh. And it's not because it's not just because you guys are great sponsors. 
I love the product. Yeah. Oh, that's and great. It really did change my life. It's like, I will not, it's like, that hey, just awesome. use that one in the bottle. No. It's so <laughs> funny. Soap snob years now. ago, now here we are. Here yeah. we are, you know, sitting in the Riddler's uh-huh. barn. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens like that in my life now that I see. Like, I could tell you, like Greg Wood was at that thing. Yep. And I didn't know him then. But like some little kid came up to me and was like, Greg. And I was like, no, nah, I'm George, but do I know you? And he's like, and his dad was like, I think he thought you were Greg Wood. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know the dude, but yeah, maybe, you know. And so he was like doing adjustments or something maybe there. Or yeah. he was, there was so, a masseuse. Yeah. He, that was Greg Wood. A, yeah. Greg was the masseuse. Yeah. Wow. So, so right. The, he's now the Dark Knight bird. Uh, but so I didn't know Greg Knight then. I mean Greg Greg Wood. I call it also. I told Eric Bardark he's the Dark Knight jerk when last time we put on a spot say, seminar. Greg Wood didn't come up. Yeah. Uh, but so and then like. I meet Greg Wood, you know, and like we're hanging out in Mexico and like I'm like I'm like talking to Greg Wood and, and somehow it comes out. He's I was like, Greg Wood, I'm trying to learn how to play guitar. And he's like, oh, you know, I played guitar a little bit before, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I played, dabble in yeah, that. I played a little, you know, and we're talking and and like so then we end up on a podcast like the next year and like whatever. And, this was my and, touring van. Yeah, yeah right. Pulls that out. Right. Well, so then he's like, he's like, uh. He's like, well, I don't play anymore. I don't do it anymore at all. And I was like, what? I was like, I was like, Greg, what are you talking about? Like, and I was like, you got to start doing this, dude. Like, because I'm all excited about playing guitar. And then now he's like, he's uh, so. And and I got into playing guitar because the Riddler and Eddie Van Whitebell are playing guitar music around me. And I'm like, dude, these guys are amazing. Like, I want to play music. I'm terrible and, at it. And uh, me too, but dude, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn and get better, but I'm terrible too. I, I can play Stairway to Heaven on the piano, like the first few chords. Nice. Dude, that's, that's how that's I started it. here one night. On I was like, Riddler, show me something on the piano. And he showed me, uh, he's like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. The Doors was like the first thing I came in. And he showed me. Terrible uh, band. Dee, 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 dee. And, and Riders then, on the Storm. Riders on the Storm, which is also Beck's, um, it's like the same as a Beck song, right? But, uh, and so now Greg Wood's making music again, and I'm like, I'm so happy. That is cool. Like, I'm so happy. These guys got me stoked about it, and I hopefully maybe got him stoked to be back doing it. Um, Let's see, was it the the 31st I'll be teaching at? PMA in Plainville. So, yeah, (laughs) guest teaching over there. Nice. It's I'm trying to think. There's so many things that through jujitsu, yeah. I kind of sit there and all of a sudden, I'll, I, like right now, scratch yeah. my head. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> Finally sitting in this room, seeing a ton of yeah. pictures. And it's like seeing the podcast. And it's like, yeah, yeah. now I'm here. Uh, I went to Dallas and it was for uh, a charity event. Uh, Robert DeFranco put on in Dallas after the uh, the five police officers were killed there. Yeah. And afterwards, it's like I'm sitting in the kitchen, and DeFranco's he's got a huge kitchen. He's got this huge island in the middle with this stove, and it's like Foster's there. Kurt Osiander and his wife are sitting at the end with a bottle of you know, <laughs> beam, and uh, who is it? Let's see, Anthony Mitchell, uh, 
Bryant, Pangolinan, you know, three-time world champion. He's such a They're great sitting dude. across from me. I love that guy. And it was just like this moment where I was like, holy shit, yeah. this <laughs> is pretty cool. And I'm trying to think. There was a UFC fight on. It was just like I've had so many of those really awesome moments that I can sit there and kind of like check out for a hot second and be like, wow, I, I need to appreciate what I'm doing, where I'm at, and who I'm around. Yeah. And it's like, and it's all because of jujitsu. A hundred percent jujitsu. And it's like you were saying, it's so different from when we started. Like when I first started and a few of the guys found out I was cross training. Mm. They're like, you can't do that. Wow, what are you doing? Like, what, what do you mean I can't do that? It's like the rules. Yeah. No one told me the yeah. rules. Right. It's like until I broke the rules, then they're like, no, no, you can't do that. Oh. I'm like, uh, yeah, I can't watch. <laughs> thank God that is pretty much like, I mean, yeah. it still happens, but thank God it's pretty much done. I think that's the definitely a rarity yeah. compared to what it was yeah. oh yeah we you have know, a couple schools there's a few uh, around that yeah, are, yeah. It, it, people will come sneak over to train with us and like i'll be like don't worry i won't put you in the picture you know what <laughs> i mean because i know your guy will be so like there has there was an instance there's it's you know this guy came and trained with us and we don't ever like it's not like dude you got to join us like i just say no. come train Everybody, anywhere, anytime, come train with us because I'm going to come to your school hopefully and train. And it's all you're going to show me stuff and it's going to be fun. And that's, I love to do it. And this, before he even got home, we must have posted a team picture. Uh, the guy was calling him, You training over there with those guys? Like, what's going on? The, the way I look at it, and this is, this is the most simplistic way of looking at training at another school. If my wife goes out on Friday night with her friends, if I have a problem with her going out and not coming home, there's a problem with our relationship. If my wife goes out on Friday night, have fun. I'll see you when you get home. I'll probably be sleeping. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's it. It's like analogy. if, you, if you're afraid, yeah, what are you afraid that your of? student is not coming back, yeah. then there's something either your oh, student dude. is not getting or you're not giving or the other way around, there's a relationship problem there. You shouldn't be hoarding your students. It's like, if you're a good instructor and it's a good academy, your students want to come back. Yeah. If they don't want to come back, okay, well, maybe they're better off somewhere else and your academy is better off for not having them. You know, there's, yeah. something, there's something there. Totally. Yeah. So, 100%. Who cares? 100%. Yeah, I... So my... Like my literally favorite thing to do. I mean, you know, dude, the code, the code, live by the code, Rich. <laughs> I live by the code, man. I train jujitsu. I go to seminars. I meet people and I take selfies. <laughs> the best. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> people get bent out of shape about the selfies and it, it cracks me up because it's, you're not just sitting there like doing duck face right. no. uh, and, and, and 80% of the picture is your head. Well, besides, in my case, besides you, besides you, no, no but, duck face though. No duck face. Oh, it's the worst. I can't but it's like you're, you're capturing, you're, you have a huge book of Kodak pictures dude in your pocket yeah. that's what it is yeah. you're capturing all these awesome moments in your yeah. it's you get to have that for the rest of your life why would you not want to capture that sometimes you look back like even fa i and i facebook annoys me a lot but e like sometimes you see a picture like from a couple years ago and you're like oh 
there's me and Amanda and Andrea and Marcelo at, at Rich's Black Belts for Butterflies. Like, yeah. that was pretty cool. Like, Thank God for that selfie. Thank God right? for that picture with Marcelo. <laughs> like, you I, know, like, that, oh. It, I love those. I yeah. love that. It, you I know what too. cracks me up, though? Is the people that write the really dumb shit. And then all of a sudden, that's going to pop up a year later, oh. and they're going. It's oh, like yeah. it's like when we were in our twenties, drunk dialing. Oh yeah, it's like you got to sit <laughs> yeah. there and go, "Did I really do that?" Oh, God, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> For, thank God, like in a lot of ways, I do thank God there was no like camera phones and YouTube. Oh and no, stuff I thank I God a hundred percent. There's no in some ways a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm somewhat responsible now, so. <laughs> I, hey, you know what? I I love social media. I think it's amazing. Uh, it's a great tool. You can connect with so many different people and have them stay in your life, even in the, even though they don't live in your town or yeah. they don't train at your academy. You're still connected with them. They still see the milestones that you're that you have and your family has, yeah. and it's it, it makes them feel connected, even though. They're in, you know, halfway across the world, halfway across the country. It's like, I, I that's why I love social it media. Is good. Like, so say, so when I, you know, we were talking about this earlier on Rich's tour of coastal New Hampshire with me. Because Connecticut's invading. Yeah. <laughs> there, listen, we're going to, Amanda, it's real. People from Connecticut are coming to New Hampshire and they're trying to make it like Connecticut. We don't want to pay taxes. They don't want to pay. We're not paying taxes, but but we're still going to be assholes. (laughs) They don't have to pay tolls. They don't have tolls. There's no tolls in Connecticut. No, not yet. They're thinking about it. They're trying. Southern New Hampshire pays all of the whole state's tolls in New Hampshire. There's There's like five of them right in row and us local people pay for you know all the tolls every day but they've all like there's i don't remember when there wasn't tolls like we used to have tokens little yeah. new hampshire tokens mm-hmm. they used to throw in were they like tokens. wood no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wood nickels <laughs> that was you know that was when we were riding a horse and buggy that was only 1980 rich rich we, we were behind a guy driving a tractor on the way down mm-hmm. riddler's road out here nice. <laughs> you don't see that in Connecticut. you don't every once in a while yeah. we, we still have tractors and law farms in connecticut but I had to go to the bathroom. Nah. <laughs> cool Last thing I want to see is get stuck oh, behind a yeah. tractor. <laughs> Some Amish guy riding a tractor. <laughs> you know that guy was. They actually don't ride tractors now that I think about <laughs> no, it. No. <laughs> All right. So. So. When I got my black belt, we're, we're in Mexico. It's an amazing thing, right? Mm-hmm. It was really, it was an amazing um it was a surprise. It was a total I surprise. Was I was shocked. I saw the pictures and I was. There's a video. I was. I was super happy. They kept a good secret. Yeah, I they was did. super happy to they, see that. They kept it. So you know what was amazing, and it really did touch my cold little tiny black soul. <laughs> was that like the social media aspect was? There were people so happy all over the place that I got my black belt. Like you name, like Alan Shabaro, Chris Howder. People that you never heard of in Minnesota, like so much love for Big Head George. <laughs> yeah, getting his black belt. It was like, oh, it's, it really is a, like a. If that's the beauty of the the internet at times, you know, because it, it's we become so. I don't want to say we. People can become so self centered. And, you know, we get busy on our own lives. And it's not like a, I'm not saying it as a malicious or negative thing. It's like people are busy. Our lives are busy. It's like, you know, 
two people have jobs, they have kids, they have commitments, they have, and then you, it's like, oh, you didn't like my picture. Okay. Uh, dude, come on, man. It's like, it's like, that's okay. You know, it's like, but then spin that around with all your chaos that you're going through. You took a minute out of your chaotic life to sit there and like my picture mm-hmm. and write a nice comment. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take much. And, and it's like, but for an accomplishment like that, that's, and it just shows you how small the community is once again. Right. That everyone's like, dude, that's awesome. You know and what? It, I, it's like, I need to, I need to make sure that I reach out and say, Hey, great. Because it really is an awesome accomplishment. People I haven't seen in, you know, a couple of years, you know, whatever the case may be, you know? Um, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, how many years did you do, you did this? How how long did it take? The ups, the downs, right. the throwing your gi in the garbage. <laughs> the garbage gi. <laughs> I think yeah. that Kurt Gosiander said that. I think like threw the gi in the garbage. I've been there. Throw the gi in the garbage. Like I'm done with this shit. <laughs> but that I never did. You know. You know how many jobs have you quit? Right. How many how many other things have you left? It's like or how many other things did you do get through it? College, high school. You know, it's like, all right, yeah, I, I got through college. I went back as an adult and got through it. Algebra sucked. I, pr- I promise you, college algebra, that was the worst summer of my life. It's, as a grown man, I cried at the kitchen table. Oh. Did you ever take chemistry? Yes, college? I did. All right. Because that, yep. I think that was the worst Two days. One for me. Yeah. Two chemistry days and then I walked one. out. I was like, this, what yeah. am I doing here? Chemistry's tough. But to get your black belt, that takes that I I think that is a lot harder. One know? one thousandth yeah. uh-huh. of the people that started training. Yeah, okay, so yeah. imagine if colleges had that success rate. Right. You know, it's like holy <laughs> shit. It's like how many I can't even imagine how many people I went to Central. And it's like, all right, there's, you know, a thousand of you in the class, one of you is gonna get a degree. How many people would stick it out? Right. Yeah, surprising, huh? That is pretty crazy. That's you nuts. Think about it like that. Um, I cried two tears. <laughs> she cried. Amanda cried. Do you know Eric Bydark? I did. I was very Amanda happy, cried more when Eric Bydark, when she found out he got his black belt than when I got I mine. I cried four for Eric. I cried two. But no, the thing were, with Eric is Eric had a story, and his story broke my heart. <laughs> And so when he, I found out he got his, I was like overjoyed. Yeah. Uh, George's was, a, I was in shock when George got, it was such a surprise. We were in Mexico. You know, if we were at our academy in New Hampshire, you know, it would have still been a big deal. But it was like, it caught me off guard. I wasn't prepared. That's cool. So I cried two tears for George. <laughs> I was more emotional for Eric Bidart too. It, oh my God. I'm <laughs> It's, it was something else. I, I think thing. it's pretty cool because, like, right now, um, in like the last like year, I have seen so many guys that I've come up with getting their black belts. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's it's so cool to see so many people that I know achieving that, and it's like that's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Definitely. But I think the biggest thing is going to be your head coming out of this. <laughs> Big head George. I think that's going to stick. <laughs> Big Head George and the Monsters. It's a new band. Um, it's big. It's, it's beautiful. A bo- it's a bobblehead. It's a beautifully beautiful 
big head. If I got stuck with Scarecrow, thank you, Jay Bell. <laughs> I'm built like a lollipop. You know what I mean? Like I got this big round head and a little stick for a body. <laughs> this <just> sounds terrible. <laughs> They're not supposed to be nice. That was the, the one thing I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but like the Brazilians give like weird nicknames. Shoe face. Yes. Yeah. The guy that beat uh, yeah. Gary Tonin with the flying triangle. Right, right. The guy's like dripping with handsomeness and his nickname translates to shoe face. Shoe face. I was like, really? <laughs> it was like uh, even Paige Apano, I think that's like Woody Woodpecker's horse or something. Like, I don't know. It's some weird Paige Apano. Pa Harris's tree stump. Yeah. I mean, I get that one yeah, for that, sure. That, that one actually makes sense. Now, I mean, you know, it's a big head. It really is. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking logos. He wears an extra large hat. How do you? Oh, yeah. You don't meet a whole lot of people who wear extra large. O.J. Simpson had a bigger head than me. <laughs> Tito Ortiz does too. I met one. Tito's woman got a big who head. A I have head not met you. Tito Ortiz. Uh, Chris Lieben. I saw him in Vegas. Big head. That dude's got a huge head. No wonder he. Could it's a take, target. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he could take some shots. Yeah. So it's like. I, I would be I would I think he would be fun to train with. Oh yeah, Tito Ortiz was super. We met him one time and he was really really cool. Yeah, like that oh was yeah, awesome. we had a good time. Like he was joking around. See, I, I can't I can't put anything into that because you're a Chuck. I am a too- diehard Chuck Liddell fan. Oh, I have. I like Chuck Liddell. I, I but Tito was a great guy. He was nice, you know. No, he liked, no, the, it's 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 either <laughs> ketchup or mustard on a hot dog. You don't do both. I like both. No. We went to a place, Brad Wilson took us to a place in uh, New Haven that is supposedly the first place, the place that made cheeseburger, that, the that, first cheeseburger. That is by far the most disgusting thing yeah. I've ever had. It was not good. I went there, one of my friends. It was his, on a uh, piece of bread. Yeah. It was not. White bread. It was White right. bread. No ketchup. It was no, and if you order ketchup on it, they'll throw you out. I, I It's like I wanted to order ketchup so I could I get d- thrown out. I wanted, I wish I had ketchup Yeah, give me mine. something to put the, on the damn but thing. But believe it, it or was, not, sometimes we didn't have um, bun bread at home when we had Oh, a, yeah. No, so making a burger with Making yeah, a burger with done. bread? Yeah, yeah, it's that's no problem. But that was just not the best burger I've ever had. Then I, I don't eat fast food. And it's like I would have rather like choke down a McDonald's. Yeah, it's like cheeseburger rather you, than eat that. You that. go to it's that place. It was missing the ketchup. You go to that really place because no, that, that burger was like half of it was raw, the other half was cooked. Well, they cook it, it in like the weird like thing. An egg. It was terrible. Yeah. It was absolutely terrible. And I feel bad because you want to sit there and support your state and be like, "Yeah, we've got the restaurant that made the cheeseburger." And it's well, like it's just terrible. Well, you go there because that's what that's. Because it may, it was the first. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't it, go there because it's good. But yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. No, I. Think that's why right. we went. Yeah. That's, why, that's why you go Shake Shack. Uh, that's right down the street from there, isn't it? Yeah, you you are you really want to put the grenade on me? It's like, <laughs> what's your favorite burger place? It's like I can't stand that one in California. That was the biggest <laughs> lie. In and Out Burger. Oh God, it's garbage. <laughs> oh yeah. People, it's it's funny because it's oh, like people they, they post it on my Facebook and like post pictures of themselves eating there. Uh, they, they rub it in. I'm oh, just man, they have the best Mexican fast food pl- place. Del, what was it? Del Taco. It, Amanda loves Del Taco. Oh my gosh. It's the it's it, like Taco Bell. Like and step it down. No, it, level. it really wow. isn't. It, she loves Del I Taco. Yeah. I was I mean, like, I'm not saying it's bad. Starving in California from after pans. Yeah. yeah. We ate there like every day. Is it, it was, is it, oh my they God. had this something rice bowl. 
with it's like a bucket taco oh, man, dude it's, it's see it's like we went to i've eaten some del taco we flew into la and then we took two weeks and we made it down to san diego oh yeah and uh amazing trip and our whole thing was we will not eat in any type of like established restaurant kind of place like oh. you know uh, a food chain great- of any sort and we ate the best mexican food yeah. i still dream san diego, about that buddy. Yeah, they have oh my got God. the best like street food. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. We ate at um we ate at Chili's in the Mexico City Airport <laughs> one time. Cuz Andrea her, that was her demand. You just got to own it though. We did it. Yeah. We you did know? it, you know. <laughs> I mean, I then but like an hour later I was with Nelson and we were eating all of us were eating scorpions and Oh, grasshoppers yeah, and that uh, was crazy oh, huh? that was pretty good. good did you see the one where i was stabbing my mouth <laughs> i i it's, yeah i don't eat bugs i'll pass it was so i'll eat the burger from new haven you're, right you're, i didn't post you're better one. off eating the chi- the crickets dude i didn't crickets post the better. cricket that tastes gross you know i i saved some people from watching all of them there was some there were, i had a yucky grasshopper it no. was <laughs> that's like the, no, my, I, I got a weak stomach for that stuff <laughs> that was so funny. it was like joe rogan with his what was his his old show oh yeah fear factor yeah, yeah. Oh. it was like i was good I with the stunts and show. then when it came to like the eating of whatever like mushed up into blender body won. parts of an animal i'm like there I'm was good. a time in my life when i was working for a trash company and i was sorting out the recyclables you know they pick up the recycling on the side of the road they dump it in the trash truck they brought it to our facility and i used to pick through it oh. that was my job i'd pick the all the number trash. one i was that was my nickname and i'd pick all the number one bottles out but there'd be everything there'd be syringes there'd be blood bags everything dirty diapers everything di- dead rats i came home and there the was line. like rotten chicken in the garbage from like the day before you know and i'm like <laughs> yeah. oh, i'm gagging as i take the garbage bag run out the house with it no one rinses out their food no so i was always touching rotten food with the number one plastics that my stomach was so strong, I could have smelled the raunchiest, like, five-year-old diaper, and yeah. I would have not even gagged. Like, I, I would have crushed that show. You. Yeah. God bless I you. wish I did it, because they were in Colorado. Yeah, but they weren't doing the show at that time. Oh, they were Like, I was on I was on a Fear Factor thing once that... Like, like the trials? No, like, I didn't do anything. They used to go to... Sh- they used to go to places, and... Um, like you'd be like fear factors coming to Miami and during the commercials they'd they'd like talk to people in Miami about doing stuff or whatever so they came to Breckenridge one time and like like I was in it like talking about skiing like they're like oh you know and I so like I was with some like real actor Mm -hmm. actress who had been on stuff you know and me talking about you know asking me about skis and I'm like pretending to like talk about skis and whatever else um, but the last black belts for butterflies. This is when this is what Brad Brad Wolfson loves me because he's like, we were we were going to get something to eat on the last day. I think it was the last day, and we went down like there's Panera mm-hmm. up the street, and then there's a burger place right next to yeah. it. Yeah, what's the name of the? Do you know the name? So Brad was like Burger I M something, or I M. It was good. It was really good. You liked it? I thought it was good, man. They had like sweet potato fries and. What I didn't like was later when we're at the back at Black Belts for Butterflies and I felt like I was going to die. So I love burgers. Burgers are my favorite thing. So not only is um, New Haven has the uh, that burger, but then it's uh, God, what's it? 
trying to think of the town. In they Connecticut? Have, yep. But they have the steam cheeseburger. Hmm, never heard of it. Oh. Pretty good. We're really? Have to really, check this out. really good. Right. And it's like they steam it and then they steam the cheese in a tray as well and they just pour it over the bun. Wow. Oh, it's delicious. Worst thing to eat. Oh. Like eight hours before jujitsu, yeah. that oh, thing man. sits in your stomach. I made yeah. that same mistake. Oh. I went and trained after like two hours, and then I went and trained. Oh, f- horrible, like absolutely horrible. Ugh. I made Brad get a shake at that. I was like, "Dude, let's yeah. get shakes." I eat healthy. He's like, I, I, was smart. I wanted a shake so bad, man. It just looked really good. So we had burgers and fries and shakes, and then we went back, and I was like, "Oh, Brad, I that had was a, a mistake. healthy something or other." From <laughs> Those Panera. guys were eating that Panera yeah. and eating healthy. The the best food I've ever eaten at Black Balls for Butterflies was the uh, the Poke Bowl. Oh. Why was that Brian's I love at Saber Jiu Jitsu yeah. in Concord, California? Mm-hmm. The Poke Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that's I dream about that thing. I love yeah. it. It was light. It was delicious. It was like the perfect like mid meal. Mm-hmm. Where's the so? Where is the best cheeseburger, Mister Burger Connoisseur? The best cheeseburger, yeah. hamburger. Well, it, it depends. Like, what are, what are you looking for? It's like, are you looking for like something you know top of the line? Are you looking Kobe, for that Kobe burger? Uh, it's those are okay. What's but, what's your favorite? What's your favorite burger? Yeah, it depends. It really, what, one that I really like is a restaurant in West Hartford, Connecticut. They have the fatty melt. Mm-hmm. And it's a cheeseburger in between a grilled cheese. But the grilled cheese is a grilled wow. cheese with tomato on bottom and a grilled cheese with bacon on top. Oh. And then the burger's in between. That's is it so big good. you can't fit it in your mouth? No, though? no. It's not that, it's not huge. Mm-hmm. It's a decent size. I may have a big head, but my mouth is not huge. No. <laughs> I don't, I, it, it, I don't want to sit there and gorge myself, but I'll eat. Right? I'll I'll eat a lot, even though I'm thin, not skinny. <laughs> but yeah, In and Out, no, terrible. You like Five Guys? Five Guys isn't bad. Shake Shack's so much better. Yeah, I think Shake Shack's so much better. We went out to Vegas, me and my wife, and she was like so excited about In and Out, and I was like, "All right, finally get to eat In and Out." I'm like, "It's like it's the McDonald's of the West Coast." Yeah. I'm like, I was not in that. I thought it was going to be some like magnificent burger. It's not that great. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's, that's, is what it is. What's the, the one in Texas? And they're like, rave oh, about that one. I'm I, like, that's the Whopper. I know. Uh, what a burger. What a burger. Yeah. It's a, it's a Whopper. All right. There's nothing special about that. So. Luckily, I've never heard of it. And I've never Well, when it. you come to Dallas for Black Belt Butterflies <laughs> in November, you can try it. That's. Very true. Yeah, I want to. I think I think we're gonna. I, we I, should. I, yeah. I mean, we've been talking about going down there. Yeah, seeing definitely. Br- uh, Brian it's, it's going to be a be lot. Great. He's not in Dallas, but he's well, close. I mean, we could enough, see him, right? Yeah, I don't think it's hour, that close. I think Texas is pretty big, but no, it's yeah. close enough. A few hour drive, we right. can do. No, you know? we'll see him for yeah. sure. Maybe maybe Brian would like to come to Black Belts or Butterflies. Yeah, yeah. right. Shabaro. Yeah, he is outside of Dallas. I think actually, we have another friend, Glenn. Who is that? Uh, friend Glenn is yeah. in Austin. He just moved to Austin. Yep. Um, so do are, do we are we talking about the we know the dates? Are we talking about who's coming to this thing? Well, we, the lineup is being formed. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and kind of throw anything out, but it's going to be a great lineup. I heard a name and I am super stoked. Oh yeah, yeah. Like this is the guy I was just saying like a week ago. I was like, I need, and I think it was because I trained with you. 
I think it. I, whenever the last time we rolled, you were doing something to me that you got from this guy. That's his, and all I was I like, can, all oh, I'll say yeah. is that, So, out of all the seminars I've ever gone to, it's like top five seminars I went to was this guy. Completely changed uh, my guillotine. Ooh. Made it a hundred percent like just effective now. My guillotine sucked before. Arm in doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I love the the seminar they put on. Uh, the way he interacted with the students. It's just like everything about that night was awesome. So one of the top five seminars Sounds that cool. I went to from all time. So I'm excited to train with him. Awesome. Uh, but we have some other guys that are going to be, you know, it, it's going to be a really good lineup. And it's all right. It's, it's coming to, together. And putting the lineup together is always... Uh, it's tricky, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you know scheduling, who can go, who can't go, uh, but also just the how everything kind of comes together, and it always does. Yeah. It always does. I pull my hair out, I get stressed out, but it's like how everything just gels, and all the black belts gel together. The last event in Connecticut was uh, one of my favorites. Nice, it was awesome. You know, it's hard to sit there and say this is my favorite. This one was. This one, it's like. But it was a it was a smooth, smooth event. It was, which it was, was funny great. because it was like that was quite tumultuous. Yeah, tumultuous. Yeah, to get there, it it took a lot to get there. Hmm. Yeah. But once the event was there, it was awesome. I I mean, you generally have six instructors or eight eight. 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 We when I started, it was ten. Wow. Holy crap, dude! Yeah. Did That's the first a lot to squeeze in a two day period? We did it three days. We had two, two Friday days. night. Yeah. Wow. And it's and that's the thing. It's like what works, what doesn't work, and trial and error. Mm-hmm. This failed and this was successful and this was a learning experience and never ever do this again. And mm-hmm. this is perfect, we'll do this again. And sometimes it works again, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, yeah, trying to like figure out that that good mix and it's like having black belts that have already done an event have them back so they know how the event rolls having new people come in so that way they're exposed to how the event goes Uh, it's a a mix of like different styles for the black belts that's another thing to kind of have you know the thought process like how the lineup's going to work personality who's like you know who kicks off who closes yeah Uh, Probably one of the the toughest ones is uh, closing on Sunday. Uh, That's a tough one because people are just like oozing with like, you know, so much jujitsu knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's like just oozing out of their heads. Uh, Also, people are tired. People are done. So that that eighth black belt needs to Bryant needs was to a pop. good closer. Great closer. He is the closer. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't like give you super technical. Like he he gives you like conceptual things I was that very are awesome. Engaged. Yeah, it was great. If you couldn't like, tell, was I was very engaged with what he taught. It's it, was great. it, it, it there's uh, Keith Owen was a great closer. I bet you know he he is the showman of uh seminars he just he's on point with everything he's always a he's he's a definitely a fun seminar uh rob Kahn was a good one 
but yeah, it takes a lot for the closer to, to, to end the seminar, but also it's like get that hype up, the energy up and get people back into that mind frame of training still. Um, also the seventh black belt to go because it's the last day and it's right after lunch. Yeah. Right. So we got to have like that upswing. So and that's I just a ate cheeseburgers, one, right? You get the numb nuts <laughs> to go out shake. and like eat it, drink a shake, <laughs> jack wagon. I was, and then he, I, I was with hungry, his training dude. Partner, and I'm like, come on, let's go. I'm like, oh, I'm, I want to train. I can't move. I can't move. <laughs> I I find it funny is when um, certain black belts will get nervous around other black belts. Yeah, and, and it's like I I get it. It's it, it's. But I think I've been around it enough and talked to them enough and seen it's like I, I don't I don't want to show anything in front of Marcelo Garcia. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, wait, dude, this is it's your time to shine. It's, it's like um, I was listening to something else and people are like, no one judges. You know, they're not going to sit there and be like, wow, that was crap. No. You know, it's like there are certain people like certain stuff or but the instructors for I think. And that's where I really, really love the event is I noticed the other black belts always paying attention to what the other black belts are teaching. Mm-hmm. And they, they've probably seen it a thousand times, but it's, uh, Keith Owen said, there's that one little thing that's going to change yeah. that you haven't seen. The invisible jujitsu part that they tell you about. Yeah. You don't see them do it because it's such a minute little detail. And that one little detail is going to change. It's like, yeah. however you pull that off. And I think that was cool. That's, but that's because like to... Um, so now I've I've ne- I mean I've done a lot of se- I've put a lot of seminars on like just one day one person yeah and it's hard enough mm-hmm. but like I now would rather bring in like if if you maybe your jujitsu is great but you're not a great human and I don't really I'm not you're not coming I'm not gonna no, do it no I would rather have a guy. Like, I don't care if you're a 17-time world champion or whatever, not to say, because I did love Hanado LaRancha. <laughs> like, yeah, Uncle Hanach was, he is the man. I don't care if you're a three, five-time world champion or whatever. 27. Yeah, he's 27. He's 27. I would bring, I love him. I mean, and Uncle Hanach, I would he's bring awesome. you for a seminar anytime. But, like, you know, maybe you're a great world champion, but you're crappy teacher or a crappy human i don't really want to do a seminar with you i would rather take the guy that's really nice or woman whatever that's that's a great instructor that wants to be there that's not a prima donna and is is engaged and not just like staring at their phone like you yep. know like because that happens uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah right uh, hmm. uh you know what i think there's so many talented black belts out there that it's like if you do bring someone in, it's like they should be passionate about it. I think so many of them are. So it's like if you're if they're coming to your academy, and I've met so many, and it's like I, the bad experiences negate. It's like I have had so many amazing, yeah. amazing positive experiences uh, at seminars. So it's it, but you're 100 percent right. I think that's something that comes into play with black belts and butterflies. Uh, I want you to be there. I want you to be a part of it. If if you don't want to be there, cool. All right. Just say thank you. And, you know, if you're not interested, eh, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I hate that guy. Because it's like, no, it just that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not your bag. Uh, but I think everyone that's there, it's if they haven't done one, 
I feel like a lot of the black belts have come up to me afterwards and have been like, this has been a great experience. You know, so I, I think it's different for everyone, including the instructors, which I think is pretty cool. You know, that's something I'm, I, I, I love. Yeah. It's like an amazing, a profound, it's a profound experience, you know, without a doubt. Changed my life. And we were talking about this in the car, too. Like, I got, I come back from Mexico Two weeks later or whatever, we were down at Black Belts for Butterflies, and I was standing in the line with the Black Belts, and I was like, whoa. That was something, huh? Like, that was something. That was. That was like. I hope I didn't embarrass you by calling you out on that one. No. No, it, it was it, great. It, it, it's like that. I thought that was something that needed yeah. to be kind of pointed yeah. out as well. No. I mean, I per, if you don't know already, Rich, I'd like attention on me. Some accolades. <laughs> I'd like to. I, I, that's why I don't mind Big Head George. As long Bring as out the big light for that big head. talking about me, that's what I, I care. It can be bad and he'll still be okay with it. Yeah, I'm that guy. Almost. <laughs> almost. you're talking about Yeah, him. I think I am that guy. Um, I think that like, because... Jay taught at this one, right? And yep. I had been telling him about it. I, you know, the, after the first one, I was, I tell these people, I'm like, dude, you guys got to go to this. Like, holy crap. And so we brought a few, it was cool because we brought a few people down to this one. And uh, he was like, he loved it. Like, he loved, like, I knew he would, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, he's perfect for that. Like, he's the perfect guy to, to be doing that. I um, have a comment, like, it has something special for me too because I was like I feel like I was a puny blue belt, and you actually gave me an opportunity to speak. You know that was super special because I'm like you know who am I? I'm just like I'm just a puny blue belt, you know. But that's where it started from. Was I was a blue belt? Yeah. And that you was know, super it's like, and that's the best thing. It's like it's it's for everyone. It doesn't matter how it's like how much exposure you have, like you said, the twenty-seven time world champion <laughs> or the blue belt. It's like a, once everyone's in that room, everyone's at the academy, everyone's on the mat. It's all it, everything's game. Yeah, Everyone is you're, and that's why I always say, once you're there, you are black belts for butterflies. You're yeah. part of it, and that's what's cool. Yeah. And I think that's how it's grown, and it, and it keeps evolving. It hasn't even like. There's so mo- so much momentum, and it's like, but it's it just keeps changing and organically growing into something bigger than I I could have ever imagined, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Definitely. And to 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 touch people like that, that's awesome. You see the same like you know you go to another event you see Ryan West you know at all and and yeah you know and that's how I love like that makes that's what makes it you know I get to hang out with Ryan West and all these different people that I love Nicole Beach comes right, to most right. of the events yeah and you see these people and it's like you share something special when you go to the event and then all of a sudden it's like then you see him again and then you see him outside of there and yeah. you go to another seminar and you're in another state but you still have that connection which is that big family thing yeah which is it's cool it's it really cool it it's it's wild how it's like uh, how it's really even i th- i think it's brought the the community a little bit closer mm-hmm. i still share every time i wear your rash guard even Nicole's rash guard. Um, I always tell the students about my rash guard. So everyone knows why I am wearing like your rash guard or Nicole's rash guard. You know, I 
for whatever reason, I need to share. But I think it makes a bigger impact when you hear it from a person. It's a, like we were talking about social media. Social media is awesome for that mm-hmm. and getting the message out. But that physical, it, that touch, you know, when you hear it from one person verbally in front of you and, and it's not just auditory, you're seeing the emotion that comes with it. Yeah. Um, that makes the impression on people. Yeah. Um, I always talk to my wife and it's like, I'm just like, ah, I hate opening black belts for butterflies. I hate it. I can't stand it because it's, um, it's very emotional. It's very, very hard for me to talk about. And no matter how hard I try, I sit there and I break down. Yeah. Um, but then my wife solves like, how would it be if you didn't? Right. She's like, would they get the same emotion? Would they get that same feeling? And, um, and that's one of the, it's, it's, a, it's that coin toss where it's like, I don't want to, but on the other hand, it's like, um, it does get that ball rolling. You know, it, it, it kicks off the event of like, this is how we are. It's, yeah. it's raw, you know, and people, I think that kind of sheds everyone's little bit of armor and everyone's like, all right, cool. I can just be me. Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you who got me in the last one. Anthony Pacinelli. Oh yeah, dude. He, he spoke and he did great. That was a like the I had no idea, and like he started talking and I'm like, I'm getting all teared eyed. Like holy crap! Afterwards, I was like, dude, you just killed me. Yeah, I had no idea that was coming. You know, he came to and that's that's what's awesome about the event. It's like I met him, him and Abby, his wife. Uh, I met them before, and then they came to the event last year. And then I was like, Hey, you know what? I, he explained to me everything that, you know, him, his son and, uh, their connection with jujitsu and how his son's on the spectrum. So I was like, I always want people that can show the face of autism at the events. So I was like, would you be, you know, I'd love for you to be a guest speaker. And he was just blown away. He was blown away at the opportunity. And it's like, and it's funny to me because it's like, I'm blown away that you're going to do it. You know, I'm appreciative. And he, it's, it's, and it was the same way with you, Amanda. It was like, I appreciated you getting up there and speaking. And that's what, because you make the event. You're the ones that impact the people in the audience. I can sit there and talk about it. Um, My two children are typical children. But when you have someone that's really connected to autism in a way that's, you know, their family, it changes things. And now it's, once again, it's that personal connection. This person in front of me is verbally telling me their story. I can see the emotion in them. And that that alters everything. Mm-hmm. So it sets the vibe. And it's like people walk away with a better understanding. And now they can sit there and it's like, they don't see a commercial with autism. They sit there and see a commercial with autism. And they're like, man, that story about Anthony and his mm-hmm. son. It's like now that's, you know... It makes a bigger impact. Yeah. It, it, it helps what we're trying to do that much more powerful. Even like, uh, I think a th- three, two or three years ago, Pat. Temp- Pat Campanola. Pat Campanola. So I've never met his, I don't think I've ever met his son. 
but like I know all about him and I thought like yeah. I see him on Facebook and I'm like oh look he's doing that like that's so great like competing yeah oh man I love it he's a little stud he goes up in weight he doesn't care no kidding he does not care he want he just wants to compete yeah and there's uh I forgot which competition they were at and uh he had one match he had one match and the kid didn't show up oh so you know you train it's like just an adult yeah. but it's like think about it. an adult can sit there and say all right you know what didn't show up you know drop some f-bombs i worked hard whatever and it's like you put it away but for a child it's like man i worked so hard the the letdown i think would be that much greater yeah. so they ah man i wish i i wish i knew which one it was because I'd, I'd love to say it um but whatever tournament they're at they found him someone to compete against and i i think he had to go up and wait to compete but mm-hmm. He got a shot, which is awesome. Yeah, the kid's a little awesome. beast. Yeah, that is awesome. I, I I love the black belts and their stories, and it's like you know they're not just there to to teach. It's like they're there for personal reasons, and either it comes out beforehand, during, mostly during, or and every once in a while afterwards. Uh, Robert Franco didn't tell me about his son until a year after no kidding yeah so it's like and that's cool it's like it's not just so it's for everyone it's not just participants it's the instructors as well yeah so and one of the other coolest parts is like andrea will come down and now she's friends with your yeah son. With jack yeah and they then but and now defranco's kids were there last time and they were all running around we're all hanging out like it was the best. It, it's a big family. Yeah. It really is a big family. I'm excited for Dallas, so I would love to bring Jack. Eddie Van Whitebell should come to Dallas with us Definitely. in November. He's just And the Riddler. He has not experienced. You don't know what you're missing. I mean, this is something else. That's the one thing. It's like I, I want to get across to everyone. It's nice. not for just black belts. Right. Yeah. People are like, well, I'm a white belt. Can I come? Yes. You want to go. Yeah. Yes. You want to go. go. Let me tell you, you are missing out on something special. What about purple belts? It. Should purple belts come? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Riddler. You're out. <laughs> well, technically, that means I'm out. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, if you if you've been training for a month, you're going to find something there. Yeah. Even jujitsu. It's like or just even listening to the black belts because some of them talk about concepts, which I, it's. I mean, I finally got to a point where it's like I walk around and I'm taking care of so many other things that uh, I don't get to sit there and look at the instruction as much. But I still take away a ton of stuff, which is awesome. Rich, I, I, I'm sorry. I just came back, so I missed most of this podcast. Do, is George going to have to talk at the next? Do we have to listen to George talk? No, we at, got. He's a, not allowed to talk, a right? big mouth guard. To go. Awesome. <laughs> to go with big head George. I'm joking, George. I'm the Uki. I think you I have something to say. Of black, Pro- professional the, Uki. I am the professional Uki of black belts. You're actually a white belt black belt, which is kind of neat. So it would be interesting to hear the the perspective as long as you could time box it to like maybe 35 minutes or something. <sighs> That's asking a lot. Okay. That's really asking a lot, Riddler. Um, I am the, the official Uki of Black Belts for Butterflies. You, you kind of chickened out on Foster when he was looking for an Uki. <laughs> I was hiding. I was hiding. <laughs> George ran to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom. When he was looking around for an Uki. <laughs> um, 
so all right here's the thing rich there are people that don't know what we're talking about, possibly, mm-hmm. even though I find that hard to believe because we've talked about it a lot. Yeah, we do. Um, I do try to, I really do want everybody to go yep. to, the, to one of these because I feel like you go to one. And I've, I, really, I really go for more, I go for more for the other stuff than I do for the, the techniques are amazing. Mm-hmm. I go to hang out with Robert DeFranco. Yeah. <laughs> you it, know what I mean? It, it really is. It's, it's an event. It's an event that that I I love that part. I mean, the, the jujitsu is great, and Emily Kwok was there last year, oh, and she's amazing. She's she's. It took me, took me a while and Emily to connect and get the that that one time for her to come, and that will definitely not be the last time you see Emily. I Kwok. still use her. She told me. When you grab the grip, the say you're going for the back of the collar, you say, when you go and get the grip, my wrist is a two by four. <laughs> right? That's what she told me. She, and I teach that to my students. She's so you're one not of my getting the bendy wrist grip. You know, yeah. you got a nice solid grip. She, she's, yeah, I absolutely that. love her, love her jujitsu. Uh, just such an authentic person. Yeah. So, yeah, she, she was one of my favorites to. To get to get to come and teach at uh, Black Belt for Butterflies. We're, I'm telling, I'm saying right now, I'm going to be in Dallas for this, and we're going to interview Robert DeFranco Ooh. on the night. We're going to, oh we got to do that one. That would be terrible. We got to try. We got to do it. We got to do it. I would love to see a group. That's what I want to see. I want to see the 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 group podcast yeah, with all we the should black do, we were, That would be fun. So I remember we were going to do it, and then it was like it just was so much, you yeah, know. It is, but we will do we'll do it next one. All we'll right. do it. We'll do a group because uh, I do think that would be great. That would be a lot of fun, especially with all the personalities, yeah. and, and especially if they know each other, right? Because you see a certain personality of how they interact, how they teach. Oh, but the real them. Yeah. That's, that's fun. I always think like that's the cool thing about the whatever. And like when we do a podcast is we get the real, uh, you know, because it's just a bunch of people sitting around talking about jujitsu that really yeah. like jujitsu, you know, like we just talk just geek out. Yeah. Jujitsu, you know. Um, but so for the people that don't know, for Eddie Van White Belt and his and his the White Belt crew. Black belts for butterflies. What year? What was the first? What was the first year you did it? Uh, Two thousand thirteen. So the the kind of the timeline of the fruition of how black belts for butterflies came to be was um, on twelve fourteen twelve. <gasps> it was the my son was born on the same morning uh, as the Sandy Hook uh, Elementary School shooting. So with that. Um, yeah, it, it took a lot for me to sit there and it's like, what could I do? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was so extremely happy of having my first child. Uh, but also an hour away from me was one of the worst tragedies in the United States. When you involve children, it is, it, you can't wrap your head around it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's something that's uh, tragic is a word that's just, it's it's just too little yeah to even sit there and like attach that to it um so i started doing something i started these patches for newtown i reached out to the jiu-jitsu community and they were for jiu-jitsu geese uh that 
kind of took off, started selling them around the country, met Pete Wilhelm in Oklahoma. He decided to come to Connecticut and do a charity seminar to help raise money. Robert DeFranco jumped on board with that. How did the word get out? Like Facebook. Social media. With the patches. Yep. yep. I set up a Facebook page and it just started spreading. I remember that. It started in Connecticut and then it just caught on and people started liking it and sharing it. Uh, we raised $20 patches. It was like over $8,000. Wow. Just for patches. You know, $20 patches. Um, so they came out. They did a charity seminar and that's what kind of like, okay, it's like I can do more with this. That was like a big spark Pete's um, from Origin, right? Origin. No, no. Pete oh, Wilhelm from uh, Oklahoma. He's got Trait and Fight, okay. right? Yeah. yeah, under Black Belt under Hanato Tavares. Okay. There, like, were there people doing big seminars like that at the time? Like, I feel like I don't remember any of that until like I'm not saying you're the first one to do it, but were were you the first? <laughs> you were the first, weren't you? Like, it's a thing now, right? But it wasn't then. Uh, I don't remember ever seeing it's like I remember like uh, you know two black belts doing something or you would have a bunch of black belts doing like Pan Am camps or world camps right Um, but I don't I don't remember seeing like a huge event like this and it was just kind of a brainstorm um, of like why not let's let's see what can happen and just kind of like it was funny because I'd be mowing the lawn I'd be like, and that's that's why I'd sit there and kind of daydream and like, oh, we could do this and this and this. And one day it's like I told Rob and he's like, dream big. I'll never forget that. That's one of the most inspirational things someone said to me. That's dream so big. Awesome. And I'm like, all right. I started texting people. Rob Magow? Yep. He's the best. He is the best. That's why I'm still under. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Between that, he's my boss. Right. <laughs> so Green he signs big. my paycheck. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he said that, and he's been so supportive over the years. Um, and sometimes supportive doesn't mean giving you the pat on the back, but it's also the kick in the ass. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. it's like, hey, you know what? That's that's not good, or what you're doing is not good, or mm-hmm. that can be a supportive person as well. Definitely. And he's been, he's been there for me on many accounts on different things. Um. So yeah, so sit there and it's and I've seen. I think I think I don't know if I, I'm not going to say I was the first person to do it, uh, but I don't remember seeing others around. I've seen other people kind of take the blueprint of black belt butterflies, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I don't I, the authenticity of what we're doing. It's like, and that's why I only did two. It's like two a year. Yeah. I tried doing three. It just it's it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to water it down. I don't want to become. I don't want to become about the money. Yeah. You know. Yes, we are there to make money for whatever charity we're going to donate. We donate hundred percent of the proceeds too. It's like I I don't keep a dollar of this. Yeah. Uh, I would say eighty percent of the money. I don't even ever touch. Yeah. It goes from, you know, whoever's coming to the event. The money goes right to Eventbrite for the ticket. Eventbrite then sends the money to the nonprofit that we're, you know, we chose to benefactor off of the event. And we keep wherever, whenever we go somewhere, it's like that's where the money stays. So if we go, when we go to Dallas, the money's staying in Dallas, doesn't come back here to Texas. I mean, back here in Connecticut, it stays in Texas. Yeah. 
So that's important. But it's, it's not, you know, it's not about the money. It's about the message and the change and the impact that we can have as uh, people. So, but there's been a lot of money raised for like Dylan's Wings of Change in total. Uh, this past event, it's like we cleared over a hundred thousand dollars in the few years that we've been doing this. That's insane, and that's that's great. Yeah, you know, I, n- I never thought of that. I mean, there's there is the whole other thing of getting the message out, and like, and it is it's happening. But also, a hundred thousand dollars is is a lot of money that will help a lot of people. Yes, and and we donate to nonprofits that maybe don't get the funding that some of the bigger ones do. So it's nice to find a smaller one in the community that's doing something really, really awesome. Like yeah. Dylan Swings to Change and their Wingman program. It's amazing. And they're branching out just not in Connecticut. They're going to, I think Ian was in New Jersey this past weekend. Um, it's He's doing amazing work. So to work with him is just great. Uh, and that's, that's where Black Belts for Butterflies came from was after I wanted to do something more, I met Ian. How did you meet him? I was introduced to him by uh, there was a there was a lot of shady stuff going on after Newtown. Uh, there were some people that were trying to. It's like oh you know if you donate money here it's going to help the family and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, so this one woman uh, in Newtown, I she called me up and she was like, "Hey, what's up with the patches?" <laughs> and it was like you know I oh you train. It's like I sent her a bunch of them. I just I'm just supporting. I just want to do something. So I explained what I was doing, and uh, I told her I wanted to do more. And she's like, you know, I know one of the families, uh, so I, was, I would love to meet him. So she set up a meeting between me and Ian, and just right off the bat, it was just like I saw Dylan, and it just I knew that was it. There was it's there was no. You had a bond. You had a. It's hard to put like it's hard to put it into words. Yeah. Um, James Foster. Uh, he he bought a gi. It was a big raffle, and is for um, Jeremy Montas Jr. when he, he was fighting uh, leukemia out in cancer. And this gi, same thing, Bear. He sat there and did a uh, a raffle. We were all doing raffles, and Bear threw up this super rare gi, and it was just like two hundred, three hundred, five hundred, ooh, nine hundred. 1500 and we're like holy shit and then all of a sudden it was just like boom five grand wow. yeah and it was foster yeah holy and um it, foster could have gotten the key he right could, he could have called bear because he's you know he's, he's he was one of their first uh sponsored athletes he could have gotten if he wanted it yeah. so i was talking to him at one of the events i'm like you know which wife say i didn't know his wife at the time amy and <laughs> And she's awesome. And uh, and Foster just said, I just told her it was something I had to do. And she's like, okay. You know, it's, it's like, it's just, there's no questions about it. And there's no real answer of like that you can verbalize of why. You just know in your heart, that's what you need to do. I knew when I met Ian, I knew when I saw Dylan's picture, this is what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, and then he told me about, you know, the story of the butterfly. Came home, I was driving home from work one day, and I was just like, that's it. Black belts for butterflies. I, I actually pulled my car over, and I pulled up my apps, and I designed the logo on the side of uh, I-91 wow. on my way home. 
I just pulled over on the highway and just started on my phone, bringing up some different uh, apps and designed it right there. So, and that's where it came from. That's where, and now it's like, I, I could never imagine where we are today. It's like, it's kind of like the same as being a white belt. It's like, you know, three months in, okay, picture yourself 10 years from now. No way. No way. Now, pick, now after 10 years, can you imagine this? And you'd be like, no. So that's kind of where I'm at with Black Belt Butterflies. I don't know where it's going to go. I can't believe how far we've gotten. And I'm, I'm completely, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I hate, it's like, I don't want to seem selfish. But man, the, everything I've gotten from Black Belt Butterflies is amazing. It's like my life has completely changed. The people that have entered my lives, the, uh, the traveling I've done, uh, the people I've met, the people I've trained with. I, I've been afforded so many amazing opportunities that so many people don't have that I think my, it's, I've got a very unique jujitsu journey, which, man, I, I'm lucky. That's all. I sit there. I'm just, I am so lucky and very thankful for it, too. You know, it's last October, I was in Belgium. And it's like, they, we did a 24-hour roll-a-thon for autism. Wow. It's like that. And when I was a white belt, I'd be like, hey, Rich, you're going to Belgium, you know, to train you. Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? And it's like, it's it's nuts. I'm still like, I sit back every once in a while and just like, holy shit, this was, this is awesome. I'm super lucky and very thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky. I think... You know, I can personally, I'm grateful, too, because I feel like there's hope for my brother who has autism, you know, or at least the kids growing up. He's my brother. I think he might be 28 now. So there's not there's no activities for him. He still has autism. You know, it doesn't go away. He still has it. It's a struggle for him every single day. But I feel like the children who are growing up where the programs that the money you're raising are going to to help the children, you know, it's going to make a huge impact in their lives. So I'm grateful for that. You know, the the early intervention is huge. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of research is coming in. A lot of different therapies are playing out. Um, but there's, there's also the, the other end that children with autism become adults, adults yeah. with autism. So there needs to be other programs for them as well. Yeah. So it's, uh, but I think what we're doing is it's, it's acceptance. Yeah. You know, awareness, uh, awareness is, I think something that has been successful and a lot of people are aware of it. Yes. But it's like, can you be accepting of it? Yeah. And I think that's our that's our charge right now. Yeah. It's like uh, being accepting, being caring, being a, a healthy presence for other people that are dealing with it on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I think that's where Black Pulse Butterflies comes into play is these people. It's like, oh, you see a commercial. I keep saying that because there are a lot of commercials about autism. But then you hear about Anthony or Pat and it's like the 24 hours. Yeah. Day after day after day after day, what they deal with, what they go through, and it's like, and it's it's their life. So it's like, how do we how do we help in just a small way to make them, I don't know, more yeah. comfortable, happier? Yeah. It's like uh, just by being more understanding and helping them, yeah. you know, not being a jack wagon in the grocery store when you know there's it's like they're not having a fit. They're not being a brat because they didn't get a toy. It's like mm-hmm. they're having 
you know, something's completely taken them off their daily routine, which is making them very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you can understand that, don't stare, maybe help in some way. It's like, there's, there's so many other things that we can do. A friendly smile. Yeah. It could be as something as a friendly smile instead of a tiss in a, you know, I, I, you know, there's so many times I'm in line at the grocery store and I see a child having a fit. I've been there and my son is typical. <laughs> it's like he, he wants the Nutella egg. And I'm like, no, you're not getting it. Throws a fit. And it's like when I see another child, I just got to look at the parent and be like, hey, man, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. I've been and, in both positions. Yeah. You know, I've been throwing the fit. And, and, I, <laughs> yeah. and, he, and it's like there is nothing better. And it's like that parent just like, the little bit of ease going, oh, thank. Because they, they're, you know, they might feel they're being judged and the pressure and oh, the pressure of like what's going on with the situation at that time. The, you know, that's that, like you said, that friendly smile, that, that nod of like, hey, man, it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Yeah. So I have a question. So <clears throat> after all this, right now, people are listening. What do you need? I don't mean like what can, you know, Joe Schmo do. I mean, they might be able to donate or show up at a seminar or whatever like that. But what do you need? What, what would be really good right now? A little starry-eyed thinking. What would be fantastic? Man, that's... A, are you looking that's... for like corporate sponsorship? Are you looking for a celebrity to say, I want to... You know, what, what would really help? Are you just focused on people... people Stop being, like you said, stop being a fucking jack wagon. Stop with the, <laughs> stop with the, with the judgment and see a situation for what it is. It doesn't have to be an opportunity for you to be a dick. It can be yeah. something you can reach out. But, but what could you really need right now? I, I think there, it's a slow progression and I'm not sure. You know, if you had an angel investor or whatever listening right now, what would you... Oh Good sure, my money is always something that it, it plays a part because it's like we have to uh, plane tickets for the black belts, hotels. I mean, these events cost money. Uh, if, speaking about like an angel investor, it's like um, when Pete came, he brought one of his. Uh, I think it was a purple belt, Carl Stone, and uh, Stone came out and he was at the the event when Pete came. He came to the next Black Belts, Black Belts of Butterflies. Stone's actually a black belt. Uh, he'll be teaching in Connecticut next year. I don't think he knows that yet. Uh, <laughs> nice. Surprise. Nice. Uh, he, you know, so it's he sat there and he was at a uh, an event with his wife. And they sat there and they put all these names up on the board for charities. And they were going to donate x amount of money to each charity well he got up and he spoke about black belts butterflies and he is actually running a nonprofit of his own um but he chose to sit talk about black belts butterflies with that they sat there and uh they chose us out of like 200 different like things they chose nine nine or ten and they donated uh 10 over ten thousand dollars and it's like, I'm going to stretch that money out wow. for the next few events uh, for plane tickets and hotels. But it's like if a you corporate had, sponsor of a, like an airline to get us free that, tickets. That's that what I'm saying. Be, well, if you had more sponsorship, would you do more events or would you do more with the events that you have? 
with a corporate sponsorship and, and more money, I, I don't think I'd want to do more events because of the fact that I think the authenticity uh, of the event is because it's the buildup. When you run the same event, and I think I've seen it in the past where it doesn't become about the event, it becomes the handout. And the hand is always out asking for more and right, more. Right, right, right. One thing I want, and I've, I've said this since the beginning, and I'll, I'll say this forever. If you come to, to Black Belt Butterflies, you're going to get something. It's like if you donate, you're going to get something. It's not my hand is out. My hand is out, and my hand is giving you something. Uh, you're going to have a great event. You're going to have a great experience. Um, I want the, the best quality gear for Black Belt Butterflies, the hats, the shirts, uh, I put a lot of time and effort into making sure what I sell, uh, you're going to you're gonna like. You know, there's nothing worse than it's like, oh, man, I'm going to spend 20 bucks on a sticker. And you get a sticker and your nail runs across it and the ink comes off. No, and you're right. like, yeah, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, you're trying to do something good, but so you would I, like something to return as yeah, well. Yeah, I want to make sure that which you're going to leave with something. Well, you're, you're, you're wearing a hell of a hat right now. I mean, it took me over. That hat is not <laughs> six weeks old. No. This is, this is one of the, this was the first Black Belt Butterflies hat that, with all the hats that, I probably have, I don't know, shit, 20 plus hats yeah. that I sat there and went through different companies of getting a hat until I found this company that I love the hat. I was not going to put out, hats are my favorite thing. I was not going to put a hat out that sucked. It's like, that was the thing that I hated. It was like, you get a hat, and it's like this, like top hat. And I'm like, this yeah. thing sucks. Yeah. It was like, I love hats, so I was going to put out a great hat. And it took me well over a year to finally find this brand, design it, and put it out. And it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of for all the products we've sold this hat. I think so, they're the hardest to get too. Yes. <laughs> so if you if you did get someone involved, obviously I'm reaching out on your behalf right now to the people <laughs> that are listening. So if you did get someone involved, how about taking it more international? Would you do that? I would love to. I, I think that's an easy... Where would the first place you go? What do you think? What would you want to do? I know you haven't thought about it, so I'm putting you on the spot. So no, what? I, you <laughs> it's know all what? Good. Uh, Belgium. <laughs> Belgium, yeah. Belgium, those guys were so amazing when I went there. Uh, I sat at a table for dinner one night, and there were people from uh, Brussels, Spain, France, uh, yeah, Germany. Man. There was English people, and we're, there's 20 of us. And I think it's like, and I've seen so many international jiu-jitsu players that I think getting a lineup together and making it work, it, trust me, it's not I'm that... I'm sure you'd get by it. It's not that far off. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, what were you doing in Belgium? What was the Belgium thing? Uh, there was two guys that sat there, actually, a few of them. There was a group of people. But one of them, he sat there and became... Uh, I, I became friends with him through a Show Your Roll page on Facebook. And he started buying the, the gear for Black Belts and Butterflies. We became friends. And then he wanted to do an event for autism and because he had been kind of bitten by the same bug of trying to help. He's a police officer over in Belgium, in Brussels, great guy, uh, Mike, and him and a few friends, and they put uh, a 24-hour roll-a-thon together. So I sat there, and I was like, man, what can I do? So I sent a box full of gear. It's like T-shirts, hoodies, hats, you know, patches, 
and I mailed it out and my wife's like, you should go. I'm like, what? And before I could even like finish saying what, I had like way hand looking up a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but autism, any of this stuff, any of the things you're involved in, these aren't American things. You know, they're, they're, the they're, they're everywhere in the world. Yeah. The and so, I mean, it, it feels like, it feels like in that situation, that's certainly not someone anyone would expect you to do by yourself. One guy, oh, I think I'm going to just generate this international, you know, that's a tremendous amount of work. Maybe there's somebody who wants to help there or someone who's listening up or, uh, because of because of George. There's people all over the world who listen to this podcast and because uh, George works really hard and man, he gets out and he shows up in My places. mother's not all, she's in New Hampshire. Yeah. I, I think there's yeah. a huge possibility to to go international. Um, would it be tough? Yeah, but why not? Yeah, but I mean that's, that's where you that's where you can get someone else Green to come thing. in and do that with you. You know, you don't you can collaborate. Oh, and, I, yeah, I think uh, Mike Van Dam and uh, Brussels would be uh, my connection and all over that. It, and once know, that happens, then you know that that sort of the ice has been broken in that direction, and then who knows? But. It was yeah. it was really cool because when I was in Belgium, I got to roll with a lot of black belts um, from all over Europe. And they kind of like, you know, they were giving out T-shirts during the raffles. And they were like, oh, what's this and this? And all of a sudden, it's like started talking to them. They're like, they were all about it. They're like, what can I do? So it's like to jujitsu transcends. So I think it's not just a, a it's definitely not an American attitude. It's a jujitsu attitude of what can I do to help? What can I do more? What can I do for more for my students? More for my white belts? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's, it's maybe. Look at look at the growth that's <laughs> happening already. On we're this looking podcast. over at we're looking at Eddie Van White Belt right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, I remember. Uh, so uh, EVB there is my friend, and I remember looking at him and, and and those first couple of times, you know, we travel in together and we talk about jujitsu. And one of the things we're both musicians and when you play music with someone you get to know something about them that really nobody else knows you know i mean it's there's a sort of oh, this weird sort of detached intimacy i don't know how to describe it i could damn it jujitsu is so the same i mean if you and i've never rolled with you rich i'm basically gonna trust that you are not going to kill me and I'll break at, your ankle. You're gonna do what you can, but <laughs> I'm a, I'm I but a scoundrel. When we get to that line, lovely feet of yours. When you get to that line, I know I'm going home with an ankle, and yeah. I have to. That's a toughie, right? And so once you trust somebody on that level, there is a connection between jujitsu and and like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. No, you I mean, get to know someone's true nature really fast. You know, there is a. There was a black belt in uh, in Brussels, and he was from Spain. Uh, Pedro, a uh, phenomenal black belt. We rolled for, it's like honestly, like at least 30, 45 minutes straight. And it was a absolute blast of a roll. And I, I think he tapped me out twice because it was just fun. You know, he wasn't trying to murder me. And it's like, I think he could, it's like, that's how I like to play is have fun when I'm rolling. Yeah. Yeah. It was competitive. <laughs> Why not? It was competitive, but yeah. man, we were, we were working. It's fun to be competitive. And it's like, and he sat there and he was like, and we, we got done and we were like, we were, we were freaking tired, but he was just like, that was awesome. Thank you. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, 
thank you for not kicking the shit out of me when I know you could. Yeah. Um, but after that, it was just like you just become more than friends. All of a sudden, there's just this bond, and you've shared something. Yeah, whatever that word like, is, right. that's and it. And now it's like, you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, we're still connecting. And it's like he would be someone, if we do Europe, it's like, dude, he's on the card. You know? Yeah, that's the other thing is you know you can trust him. Yes. To, I mean, to a certain extent. But I mean, you know that when the chips are really down that you can because in that, you know, not everybody you roll with is like that, but you right. can tell, man. Like I don't, I've known Eddie Van Whitebell for, well, I don't know, 20, 30 years. I don't even know how many years I've known Does you. Does he always talk this much? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's kind of a silent killer, but. Dude, shut up. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he talks but, through his fingers. Yeah, sign language. But. Uh, like two week, a uh, week and a half ago, two weeks ago, we went to roll, and he, out of the blue, just decided he was going to try to fucking kill me. <laughs> which I'm way older than him. I didn't expect that that was part of what he was about. I haven't talked to him about this. He's probably embarrassed right now. I didn't know that that was in his thing. Of course, you know. I mean, he does other things. He's he a ate his Wheaties that shit. morning. I'm well, I think it was a little ass. more than that. I think he was sort of like. Okay, let's see what happens right now, old guy. And it was awesome. And it was so even after all this time, I got to know him a little better on that in that moment. And he knows what I'm talking about. It's like so when that I know it's hard to make that connection for maybe people who are, are still relatively new to jujitsu, but there's a lot of people that will fall they'll be like, Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. You tell me right now, you want me to go to Belgium? I will go to Belgium. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I, if I can afford, if I can make it, it's not going to kill me. Yeah. Period. Like oh, it's you just that guy is sitting right across from Rich right now, <laughs> thinking about how much it's going to cost to get his family over there. But you just do it. It's I, just what I'm saying. You didn't know right. Like, I think I think there would be there's such a a core of uh, support for Black Pals for Butterflies around this country that even if we did an event outside. I think there definitely there is a core of people that would make it happen because it's a priority in their life now to it's not just support they're a part of this so it's like they're they're players so it's like they would be there for that event to support it and to to help bring that same vibe that we have here there and I think that that blows me away because I know it it's not just, oh, I wonder if they can. It's like I know there's people that have come to many of the events that if I did an event outside of the United States, they would they would make it somehow. Yeah. They would figure it out. Well, I mean, there's somebody, that's amazing. There's somebody who wants to step up who's listening to this and going, maybe it's been too long that I've been saying I was going to do something and I haven't done something. Maybe somebody who blew 20 bucks on a shirt or something. Maybe you had a windfall. Maybe something happened in your life. Maybe you're a little older and uh, it's time. Then step up. I mean, all you got to do is get in touch with you and boom. I, I'm it's, sure that it, just ask a couple of questions, see what happens. Yeah, it would, it would, that would be amazing. It's like we have, a, we have a, like I said, we have a long way to go because we, it just keeps growing. We don't know exactly. We have an idea of the pathway that we want to go down, but it's going to be organic. It's going to just keep growing naturally. Yep. Um, but yeah, airline tickets and hotels, those are always the, the big ones that we have. Uh, man, I hustled. 
I hustle the t-shirts, the patches, and rash guards, or whatever I'm, to I'm, get the, I'm, that yeah. money. I'm guessing, though, even if it's not about just money or airline tickets or hotels, if someone wants to help, I'm sure you're going to have a job for them at some point. We can figure you know, something especially out. Especially if they're overseas, if they want to put some of this together, if they want to go, how can I help you do this? It it Some people are really good at organizing shit, and they're new to jujitsu. You want to put back... If you're having that blue belt... Disease that everybody, every blue belt has, they either start a gi company or a podcast or they're going to start, right? Every blue belt, they're going to have their YouTube channel where they're going to purple belt when we started this, I think. By the way, every blue belt does something. Maybe, maybe what you want to do is organize events for a good cause for a guy who knows what he's talking about and has been down the road. You maybe could help some help, especially if you live not in the U.S. or if you do live in the U.S., but damn. It can't be that hard. How many people do you need to show up for a seminar for it to work? Do you need 150? No. I always no. say a seminar. I don't mean that. I mean an event. I'm sorry. I don't mean to characterize it that way. No, I, I, we've had between 60 and 100. Okay. So, so you can, if you're somebody who can put together 100 people for a good cause where you're getting a tremendous benefit out of it, this can't be that hard. It's time to step up. I it mean, seems it like it shouldn't be in a, like, like Belgium or whatever. It seems like it wouldn't be hard to get a hundred people like. Well, into look a, at the Globetrotters. Right. I mean, right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. They do their thing all the time. Right. And this is a, you know, a huge. I'm not saying that what he does isn't great. Oh, and, no, and it no. is. It's, but it's this is a different. different thing that I think people can rally behind. Um, I think. I think it. We're still. I think I. And we can do better at spreading the word, maybe, about Black Belts for Butterflies itself. And maybe it's, like I said, it's there's a lot of work that maybe I haven't done to push it. Uh, becoming a full nonprofit, you know, that's that's our next step. Um, but so what is it right now? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Just it's it's just you. I see, doing you know, the thing. Yeah. It's 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 a concept. It's yeah. an idea. Yeah. Um. It's seminars and it's just donating money and it's just, I, I thought it was going to be a one time thing. Right. And then a two time thing, and then a, a one time thing outside of Connecticut. So it's like there was never a blueprint plan of going from, A to Z, but I think now it's it's grown so much. We need that. You know, and that that's going to be a focus on my part and the other people that are involved, the people that are going to be involved in the board for the 401. It's like it's everyone together, which is going to be nice because it's not just me. You know, it's and it's going to have other people feeding into it, giving direction and taking the lead on other things. Uh, like right now, it's like I'm cracking Robert DeFranco to get his button gear down in Dallas. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This is tough work. <laughs> yeah, you're just the man for that job. So, but so it's like to have other people involved is going to be awesome. So this is the thing: becoming a nonprofit has already happened. Those wheels, happening. those wheels are in motion. We had a an amazing uh, law firm that's going to do that process for us. They sat there and they're going to do a pro bono. We announced that at the last Black Belt Butterflies. So Tony Joffrey, who's one of uh, yeah. Super important black belt, super great friend of mine. 
his law firm nice. is stepping in to, to do that. So we just need to, I'd love, let some things sell down and, um, figure out now we just have to go and I have to, I have to go and tackle that and start talking with them and Tony and, you know, they've offered and Tony has done a ton of legwork. So now it's up to me, <laughs> but I'm excited about that. And then where we go from there, it's like, that's some, some great direction. So, and there's companies in Connecticut that I'm sure hopefully can step up and help and, it's, but it's like, what can we do? And it's like, that's going to be, that's going to be an awesome plan to kind of map out and see what we can, you know, tackle yeah. and accomplish. Is it when, you, so when you're a nonprofit, that means it will be easier for corporations to donate to the cause, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They can, uh, they can take it off their taxes. Yes. Which is a huge deal. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Everybody's looking for a tax break. Yes. So hopefully that's, that's going to open up a lot of doors. And Absolutely. Like, oh my gosh. So I'm excited about that. It's like we have, we have a lot of great, a lot of great things in the future and you know, we'll see where we go from there. Yep. It's great. So tell me again, Dallas is what days? November 9th and 10th. November okay. 9th. Those are actually and 10th. Good, good days for me. Dallas, Texas. Yes. Robert DeFranco's house. I'll see all you people listening <laughs> there. Oh, we're, we're barbecuing and jumping in his pool. I can't wait. I really can't wait. I can't wait to jump in his pool. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the the website is bb4, four. the number four, bf.org. And then check out the Instagram page, which is under Richard Rich McKeegan, Black Bells for Butterflies. Yep. So a lot of the information goes on, you know, both of those, the Facebook page. Black belt and if you if you friend request me, this this is one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts. Send a message. That's the first dogfight we've had. First dogfight on the podcast. Jesus, now I owe you money. Rich was starting to bring up what really upsets him, and look what you did to the dogs, Rich. That was Robert DeFranco, wasn't it? Robert DeFranco got the dog riled up. Oh, puppies. Oh, puppies. Um, what upsets you on Instagram, Rich? No, Facebook. He's saying friend requests. on Friend friend requests. Send me a message. Hey, I'm so and so from so and somewhere, and yeah. I Hi, met you, or I want to meet you, or I like what you do, or yeah. I just get like random Facebook messages, and I'm like, I, I have no clue who you are. No I've, requests. I've never. You get re- random yes. requests, and requests. you don't realize you don't know who the person is. And it's yeah. just like message me, <clears throat> introduce yourself. You know, it's just kind of like walking up to a person that you've never met, mm-hmm. and just bumping into them at the grocery yeah. store and go friend <laughs> so what's the perfect way to get in touch with you what would you like how, how would it work out beautifully uh, in, instagram is great so okay so someone di- direct message yeah direct message on introduce instagram yourself or facebook yeah either of those send a direct message that's that's the best way yeah okay. introduce and then you get start talking about it yeah, yeah. i'm i'm friendly i'll i'll write back <laughs> maybe that's why they're not messaging you because I'm not friendly? No, because you, well, I mean, we've been over that today already, but you write back. I know. That's I scary. Will. It's like I interact with people. I like it. Sometimes I talk too much, too. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't say that. 
Um, you could also, I mean, just for the idea that you could go on your Instagram and possibly see pictures of me and my head. No, I took those down. <laughs> you did? I, I did because I had to take up four it's too squares. Big. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Oh, you think that's funny, Riddler, do you? It took a while for the Riddler to get that one. It sank in. It took a while. Um, It was just your eye on one of them. It's a beautiful eye. It's a lot of head, a lot of forehead, five head. You know what I mean? Takes up a couple on its own. Um, So I cannot wait to go to Dallas in November. Yeah. I... Let's let's do let's make the Brussels yeah. thing happen, but yeah. the Belgium thing happen. Like I feel like that's a thing. That'd be fun. It's a I, thing that just. Th- this is the same way that Washington started, at James Foster's. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. That's a, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, you never know. It's like we could we could do something outside of Connecticut, eh, maybe. And then it happened. Yeah. So you know, I th- I think definitely Europe and. Going to Brussels is a huge possibility. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I'm super psyched tomorrow. We're all going to hang out with like, like another gathering, gathering of the tribes. Like, like Europe. Um, Rob Megow is up to come and like because he trained under Kenny and then like that's so cool. Yeah, he got yeah. like his blue and purple belt from Kenny. Wow. All right, so. One of the constants of this podcast is, of course, George. And I'm not usually on the podcast, so I have a question for you. And maybe George can help answer the question. Uh, you got your black belt a while ago. Who did? I'm, I'm sorry, a, you're right. You got your brown belt a, lo- a while ago. I'm sorry. I, yes. I missed the first part of the podcast. I'm, I don't mean to embarrass myself no. in front of you there. Um, there's probably been a time you've been rolling with a lot of people where someone just Stole your soul. Oh, that's easy. Who is the worst? Uh, now you don't have to call him out. Oh, but I, I will. Okay, I will. who stole your damn soul? It was uh, Cairo Tara. <laughs> so, wow. Just keep going. Keep going. It, <laughs> man, it, I, I am such a huge fan of his jujitsu. Yeah, his. Uh, I'm, I'm actually trying to use one of his uh, double under his counters right now. Oh I'm not God. flexible enough to do it, but I'm going to try anyway. His jujitsu. I, I love watching him compete. Um, and so we went to his academy, and it was uh, Nick Lusky from Oskir, and him and Kyle. Nick made, mostly set up the uh, Black Belts of Butterflies in San Jose at Carotero's. So at, you know, during the break, everyone rolled. Well, the second day, I'm sitting there talking to someone, and Kyle comes up to me. He's like, Rich, you want to roll? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. It was like 90 degrees in the academy. Uh, we did a 10-minute round for the first five minutes he tapped me out with just wrist locks. Wow. The second five minutes, he tapped me out with all arm bars. And every arm bar, he had my hand in his uh, armpit is his finish. Wow. He didn't break a sweat. I, I walked it's, off. It's, it's so, I'm not, I mean, I'm being negative to Mr. Tara. I'm just saying it is pretty aggressive to just go, brown belt, let's go wrist lock, wrist lock, wrist lock. Oh, no, lock. He, did, he didn't <laughs> awesome. do it like hard either. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm sure. It was, right. I walked off. I, I, Rob DeFranco walked up to me. He's like, dude, what's wrong with your face? I'm like, did you see that? I'm like, that was embarrassing. 
embarrassing. Yeah, he's do like, you want to just quit now? He's right, like, yeah. I'm like, just don't even give me a white belt. Give me an orange belt. He's like, yeah, that's a 12-time world, well, 11-time at the time. Yeah. 11-time world champion. That is the level of... Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. And he's not a big dude. You're a, you're a big guy, and he is oh, not a big guy. He is incredibly strong. Yeah. Incredibly. It's like, I couldn't budge him. Just I was underneath right him. I could not budge him. So, Rich, let me ask you to do me a favor. Could you ask George if anybody has recently, since he's gotten a black belt, stole his soul? I, I, I he doesn't have to call him anybody out. I don't but. want to feel that bad about it. You okay, know, we George, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw the tears in his eyes after we were done. I mean, all but. of us know when somebody stole their soul. George, uh, how you feeling these days? Uh-oh. I feel pretty good. How do you feel? Was, was, yeah, you've been a black belt for a short period of time. I'd imagine people just kind of line up to beat the hell out of you, right? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty uh, much people are pretty nice to you, right? Is your wife nice to you, George? No, my, Amanda ripped my arm off last night. <laughs> no, I'm night. not talking about that. That we may talking, hurt. We're talking about the Kenny Florian. Oh, yeah, we it's are. Me. He annihilated you, me. So George doesn't text me very... He texts me like when shit's happening. He'll be like, three weeks from now, there might be a podcast. Then three weeks comes, he's like, you ready? Uh, that kind of thing. Okay. But <laughs> That's pretty much how yeah. I roll <laughs> in life. But I got a late night text from George, which doesn't usually happen. And he was like, bro, someone just stole my soul. <laughs> <laughs> did I say that? Yeah, Dude, you did. did. I'm sorry to call you out. No, I'm not sorry no, to call you true. out. You like, need to be called out from time to time. We, no. What do you mean? I mean, are you saying you felt a little helpless at the moment? Kenny, so this, I mean. The, I'm like, saying this, preface this with tomorrow we have a Kenny Florian yeah, seminar. It's be good. At the, I'm going to volunteer George should be the I think UK. that's already Nate Ryan already told him I was the that's professional because Nate Ryan is the best. He is, and I think he's coming. Okay. Um he might oh, come. Well, th- see the thing is is that my wife who works for ESPN, it's like she's met Kenny a few times and she told me she's like, "Hey, just remind him when you see him that she was the one that talked to him in Vegas when we went." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So that's going to be my opening of like, "Hey, nice. my wife." It's like she just said, "Hi, she works for ESPN." And uh Big head over there says, go whoop your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I think so everybody's going to be like, opening. hey, no, no. Can I talk to you, Kenny? Yes. Yeah, so I don't know you, but big head over there just said he was going to whoop your ass. <laughs> People love. Excuse me, Mr. Florent, did Kenny, did, 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 did big head really tap you out with wow. shoulder pressure? He was saying. That's what he said. I was surprised because you don't look like the kind of dude that would tap to shoulder pressure from someone who is the size of my dog, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know why you guys like to see me get beat up so bad really you don't know why don't know we like why. to see you get beat up so bad i don't understand really it's, it's very fun it's very common oh, it's yeah. a very common thing all over the country and other countries you anyway. can go and people like to see me in pain you know it, this is I not don't, <clears throat> this i do not enjoy that very much really amanda i care about you and i care what you think <laughs> i do not care what you think right now i have been called out a couple of times on the podcast for various things Revenge, cold revenge, <laughs> is like a salmon right to the face. So anyway, the point is, the second thing he texted was, I can't wait till the next time we roll because I need to get my soul back. <laughs> I don't know if I said that or not, but these are all things that might have came out of my mouth. I will, So this is what... He didn't really say that. Yeah, but Kenny... I don't want to see him die. He is, he's a great instructor. 
Uh, people like I don't know maybe I don't know if people sleep on his jujitsu or not. I think they sleep on him because he's a co- they go that he's a commentator right. so he can't be that good. He's, Damn it! What are you talking about? He's a great instructor. Well, if you listen to him, you know he knows what right. he's he talking knows about. what's up. If you but know if, if you watched his fights, right? He's, you know he's tough. You know, yeah, but his his and he's technical. His jujitsu yeah. was like the opener. He so he's a he is really a great instructor, and I guarantee you, like you will come out of. Like I left the seminar he did at Mass BJJ with, I left different. My jujitsu was different after that, and it was yeah. it was really really good. Um, yeah. By the time this comes out, of course, the seminar will have right. already gone by. But uh, we're really looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow's yeah. going to be great. Now I got a question for you. Yeah. So no, it's legit. Okay. So when you um, when you go to seminars, yeah, as an instructor, are you looking? Do you watch? Not only the technique, but also the instruction yeah, given. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Though I, I'm not. I wasn't lying earlier when I said that Eddie Van Whitebelt has has taught me how to teach. You know what I mean? That's no lie. Like that is true story. And and since Riddler's leaving, I won't wait till he leaves. But I've learned stuff from Riddler too about teaching. Um. Hundred percent. I am trying to learn. I'm trying. I'm watching how. I mean, I'm. Generally, I feel like you're going to go to a seminar, and if you try to learn everything, you're going to learn nothing. It's impossible. You got to take. I get this from Brad Wilson. You got to like learn one thing. What's the one thing you're going to get at? Like, and he'll sometimes tell me. He'll be like, "That was my thing." Yeah. He'll be like, "That was my one thing," and uh, I think you got to just like take one thing, but you can watch for sure how people interact with the other people and how people teach and learn from that because i feel like as a as an as someone who instructs or tries to you best be teaching is not just being good at jujitsu there's people that are good at teaching there's people that are not good at teaching right and so how can you expect to be good at teaching if you don't try to get better no it's something i I just maybe learned recently no i i sit there and it's one thing that i've keyed in on is how people instruct yeah. I love watching good instructors and it's like their interactions and then how they answer questions. Cause there's always like those stump questions that you're like, eh, are you going to go move ahead with a very forward answer? You go delicately kind of smooth it out. You know, it's like, how do they answer those questions? Or like when instructors get stumped, you know, it's like, or do they get stumped? It's like some, some like, yeah, you might stump them, but they never, you never know. Right. You never know because they're just, so I, I, I really like watching people and how they teach a class, how they teach a seminar. That's a big thing for me as well. When I go to seminars is watching the instruction, not just the techniques, but, uh, how they interact with the students and how they execute the techniques to the students as well. And even like what the... Like there's many different kinds of seminars where like maybe the seminar is here's 47,000 techniques that I like to do that work for me, right? Then there's the concept one where you go and it's like here's this concept and now we're going to do um, – we're going to drill different parts that show you what the concept is. And then there's, there's – so there's many – I feel like there's – so this guy Preet from Estonia – um, we went, he was a concept guy mm. and he didn't necessarily, but basically he gave you in the first 30, it was a two day 
seminar at, at Brad's. And in like the first 30 minutes, he gave you everything. And then we just drilled all the stuff for two days after it. I went over his stuff just yesterday. That's yeah. cool. And that yeah. thing changed my, so that like good. legitimately, his little five move escape system that we drilled for two days. It's actually eight. Eight, whatever. Like, is ingrained in me. Yeah. That's, what, that's why he's not getting it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I got, he, that's he, why Kenny beat me up the he, other day. He's, he's missing three of those I'm steps. I'm missing three, the three key P-R-I-R-T. pillars. That was something that Cairo uh, Terra said when I was a purple belt at uh, a seminar. And he said, if you understand the, the move and you practice the move, you're going to be great at that one move. But if you understand the concept behind the move, you can apply it anywhere. And that's when you're really going to start understanding and learn jujitsu. That was huge. It's like that was something that stuck with me. So it's the most impressive thing that I've seen at a, uh, a seminar, though, was just a couple of months ago. And it was Josh Hanger. And he sat there and he, he did his seminar. And the whole time he's talking to people and you know, he's very charismatic, uh, loved his stuff they was teaching. Well, he's like, uh, come over and he'd be like, hey, how you doing? Yep. Introduce yourself. And he's like, okay, well, Rich, you're doing this. And yeah, that, that's great, Rich. Yep. All right. All right. Comes back, talks, Rich, that didn't, didn't really recognize it. And then at the end of the seminar, there had to have been 50 people in the room. He went around, roundhouse, and named every person wow. in the room. I was like, all right, never seen that done before. That's amazing. I was impressed. Yeah. That is incredible. So, it's like very good seminar if you have a chance to see him. Hmm. Right. I would check him out. Yeah. Right. Hint. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to go to Dallas. <laughs> Dude, but first your ass whooping from Kenny. Oh, I'm I mean, yeah, so I should say while we end, right? I will tell you about the ass whooping. Um He's so he came up in in Mass BJJ Acton um, for Kenny Florian seminar. The day started off very sunshine. A few weeks ago, (laughs) right? Um, He uh, so Kenny came up under Roberto with Jay, ahead of Jay, and uh, many other people I know who who you know Jay is a big dude and he can crush you if he wants, but he's very like different style, you know, like, uh, yeah, like flashy, flashy, big sweepy, you know, beautiful. Like, like he likes it to look good. Kenny is, is not that style. (laughs) I don't think he cares what it looks like. Kenny. No, it's, it is harsh on you when it's getting done to you. Um, he grinds you out. And and it's and it's not because he's not technical because he's technical, but it's the MMA. It's the guy who fought in the UFC jujitsu, so it's going to be heavy. I wonder if that that's an influence. It's got to be. You know, it's like we have, we have one of our black belts, and he's a high school wrestling coach. So during high school wrestling season, he doesn't come to class that much. And then for like two months after high school wrestling's over, you don't want to roll with right. him because it's that grinding smash. Yeah. He's a big guy already, so it just sucks. I don't know. I right. don't know. And all of a sudden, it's just like it takes him two months, and then he starts getting into like the smooth jujitsu, yeah. and he gets back to that. But that two months is just—I wonder if that. 
how much influence that has had on you know his jujitsu. So he tapped me out four or five times in ten minutes, probably. And uh, at the end, this is this is how it went. At the end, he was like, "Dude, that was awesome. You're super technical. <laughs> like you got great defense." I was like, "Yeah, thanks, dude. Like obviously, it's that great." <laughs> like it was one of them. He didn't give me. I, did, right? I was like, "Yeah, thanks, dude. You crushed my soul, at Kenny. Like you crushed it." I was like, "That was beautiful." You know what I heard? And this 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 is perfect for that. Nurses, when you have babies, they sit there and they're like, "Oh my god, that baby is beautiful." And my wife is like, "They say that for all babies." And she's like, "No, no." We'll sit there and go, "Oh, your your baby's so." Pink. <laughs> you just got. I got oh, you're baby. so pink. Your baby's so. George, your baby's so pink. Your jujitsu's yeah. so pink. My jujitsu felt very pink <laughs> and crushed at the end of that round. It was great though. So I'm super excited to. Uh, I'm super excited just for like stuff we talked about in the gathering of the tribes at Port City tomorrow, from different like Tadashi might be coming. Um, all these cool old school Boston BJJ people will there interacting with Kenny, oh, which man. I think this will is going to be yeah, and Rob, you know, yeah. So I think there'll be a lot of cool black belts um, and cool stuff. Like Rob used to drive, I think it was like two hours, yeah, probably to go see Kenny. Wow, yep, That's dude, like, he's, he's a great. I mean, he's been a black belt forever. He's he's been around a long time. He's he's a legend. He's he is a legend. He's an he absolute is. legend. So I'm super super stoked, dude. You came up. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Man. for having me. I'm glad is, you're here in the cool. barn, right? In the barn with my with my people. Um, let's let's eat some food. Yeah, let's. let's do Thanks everybody good. for listening. Check out Ra- Check out Rich. BB number four BF dot org. Yep. Right. Check him out at our friend. We've had Rob Miguel on the podcast before. Everybody loved it. You can go to Manchester BJJ in Manchester, Connecticut, and train with them both. And it's an awesome gym. Yep. Um, the floor is all nice springy. Um, it's a great place to train. Um, you can roll on the mat that I rolled on for you, you can, yep. for two and a half hours in two there. matches. <laughs> yep. I'm kidding. Um, but no, it's a great place for sure. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This is awesome. Thanks we everybody. See, we will see everyone in Dallas, let's, hopefully. Let's go let's go to Dallas. Let's raid. Let's raid our boys' house. We're gonna have a pool party. Peace. <laughs>